Uh, today's episode of Frightful Failures, TN is feeling under the weather. But only for the intro, for some reason. <coughs> this peel the veil back on uh, podcast editing magic there, so just roll the music. Welcome to episode 7. It's Mummies this time, we're doing Mummies. So 1986 The Tomb, 2017's Tom Cruise Mummy, prepare to forfeit your souls. This is Frightful Failures. I've been playing Tetris 99. Yeah, huh? And now I close my eyes and I just keep seeing these blocks fit together. And, and Zach, I was. I was jerking off earlier. Okay, I didn't. Alright. And I couldn't come unless I saw the blocks fit together just perfectly. So here's the thing. I was going to go with you on this because when I was a kid, my mom loved, uh, Mom Romero loved Dr. Mario. Mm-hmm. So I was like going to go along with you like, oh, no, no, she really did have that problem. Like her eyes would dry out and she would like see like the, the, the blocks in her head sometimes. But now you're thinking like, about your thing. mom coming? Well, no, then you go with like, oh, I, I can't ejaculate until a fucking straight piece comes out of my dick. And now I'm like, <laughs> I don't want anything to do with this. This is done. I'm done with this. We were gonna have like a bonding moment. Now we're now it's not gonna happen. Well, I mean, we could still have that bonding moment. <laughs> Absolutely not. You've ruined it. So okay, fine. Well, then start the show. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Frightful Failures. I am one of your ghost hosts with the most, Zach Romero. Joining me, as always, is your other ghost host with the most, T.N. Guignol. And T.N., I really hate myself for this episode, I'm mm. going to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I understand completely. And and I did want to bring up, actually, uh, unrelated to what we're about to dive into, um, I have what is maybe our first ever apology on this show. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I'm an extremely slow reader, and I, I've now progressed a bit further into the third book in The Dark Tower, and have realized... Uh, that the movie that we took a huge shit on and that I specifically said, oh, hey, Jake, the boy, doesn't matter nearly as much in the novel as Mm -hmm. uh, the movie makes him out to be. Turns out I'm full of shit. The whole opening to the movie that where Jake's going crazy and seeing images of the Dark Tower and, like, his family's about to send him away, that's all straight out of the third book, and I just hadn't gotten to that yet. Um, oh, okay. So, uh, so a slight apology, actually, and and God knows somebody's eventually going to listen to that episode who's read the whole series and be like, "This fucking douchebag." Um, that said, I, I would like to uh, addendum an additional little uh, double dick to the Dark Tower movie because that scene where he goes to the portal in Midworld and is attacked by a tornado of house, yeah, that's the most boring interpretation of. Uh, anything that's ever been written in a book because the book writes it as like 
this monster made out of the house that's like a giant skull with an arm attached to it made out of plaster and wood and other pieces of the house is like crawling towards him down the hallway trying to get to him as he's trying to desperately unlock the door to get into midworld and that sounds terrifying and you're doing a movie made by stephen king and anyways we're gonna get way too back into yeah, this I was gonna say, <laughs> that sounds like some clive barker shit and then instead we just got like the whimsy world of preteen fiction so yeah that sucks yeah precisely anyway so uh what are we doing today zach Oh, so we have uh, two Egyptian-themed, and I use that very loosely, uh, films that I have to say, going into this, uh, neither one of them were terribly uh, horror-themed. They were both just sort of um, stupid, Mm. I guess would be the genre. Um, But we're starting with 1986's The Tomb. And uh, I just sort of, once again, kind of picked this out of a hat. Uh, because Tien had already kind of picked our, our more recent film, so I wanted something to kind of correlate with it. So once again, I picked this out of a hat, and once again, it really bit me on the ass, because um, I really hated this movie. But let me go through the brief, brief, brief synopsis. So um, the film is about um, a, a, a treasure hunter, I guess, a, a, a thief of antiquities who sells in the black market named Banning, and he accidentally... Uh, unleashes the curse of a of an Egyptian princess named Ephritus, I guess, and uh, she goes on a on a rampage, killing people, trying to retrieve her trinkets, and it's down to what the hell is his name? Danny David Pearson? No, David Manners. Danny David Boyle. Manners. Danny Boyle and his dad, uh, or his stand-in dad, have to like join forces along with some random chick to try to put an end to this uh, Egyptian princess on a murder spree. And uh, it's really dumb. And this movie's a liar on two fronts. Because (laughs) right on the poster for it, it claims John Carradine is in this, as well as Sybil Danning. Now, Sybil Danning may not be necessarily a name that rings a bell, but if you've ever watched, like, 80s exploitation films with a lot of titties in it, Sybil Danning's usually there. Um, Her titties are there. Yeah, they're they're like they get top billing. In fact, if you look at the poster that's supposed to be like this is clearly an Indiana Jones ripoff, Sybil Danning is the girl next to our hero. She's literally only in the opening scene and we never see her again. Yeah. It's 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 probably less than 60 seconds of screen time. Um probably. so and I'm glad that you brought this up straight away. I was going to uh, uh save this little piece of pie for for kind of later on into this movie, but uh as Zach said, the poster for this film hand drawn like a classic adventure film. It looks like Indiana Jones. It's very clearly capitalizing on the success of Indiana Jones. And so apparently from what I've read, it works and that there were a lot of families who knew that their boy was getting obsessed with Indiana Jones, you know, walking around pretending to be indie around the house, whipping the cat's tail back and forth, whatever. Um, and they would buy this movie for them. And apparently this was a lot of uh, 80s kids, like, sexual awakening because they get the movie expecting another romp through the Middle East and instead get a lot of nipples through very thin dresses. True, and, and, and a main villain that's also kind of seducing women at one point, strangely yes. enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, that I could definitely see that. So basically they asylumed 
these people from the 80s before the Asylum was a movie production company. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, they they transmorphed them with Indiana Jones. And and I must ask you, um, I know you said you picked this movie I've had. I'm, I'm curious uh, how much you peeked into the hat prior to the pick. Uh, did you know... Uh, knowing our later review later on in the episode that this was a female mummy antagonist in this movie no nor did i know that it's actually the exact same fucking movie as the 2017 one that we'll be talking about uh like beat by beat the same fucking movie news to me um so let me just go through a couple of things that stuck out to me. So in the first opening five minutes of this film, we get a much more interesting movie that does not pay off. Um, Banning, the treasure hunter, is like meeting up with Sybil Danning to like drop off an, an, an artifact that he got, which he's storing beer with for some reason because he's just so cool. Um, the line from Sybil Danning when he asks for money is, Do you kiss as sweet as you talk? And then a gunfight happens for no reason, and a plane explodes. And you're like, what in the hell did I sign up for? Doesn't matter, because none of that comes back. We're going to have a completely different movie. Clearly, we had a desert set for a day, and we just decided to film on it. And I feel like that's a lot of this movie. This movie doesn't feel very organized, or like there was a really concrete script to it. It felt a lot like, oh, hey, we've got this set for the day, or we can do this, or let's do this scene, because we've got these people on set. It doesn't feel very cohesive, and, like, there doesn't really seem to be a lot of rhyme and reason to anything. Yeah, and and, and just to, to clarify a bit, uh, you mentioned a, a plane exploding. Uh, it explodes from a, a single gunshot from a handgun, from a revolver, and that made me think... From a, from a far distance away. Yeah, by yeah, and, and so it made me wonder, like, why does this thief even care about these artifacts? He's got the most powerful gun in the whole world, just tucked True, into his pants. The world. Yeah, yeah. Also, by the way, I was infuriated when the line, oh, yes, we're on the level, we're amateur gynecologists. Don't you mean archaeologists? Whoops. I was like, I don't want to watch this movie anymore. Like, And that was like, within the first ten minutes, I was like, I don't want to watch this movie anymore. That, this movie thinks that's funny, I'm, I don't want anything to do with this. A line of that quality happens without exaggeration every three minutes. Uh, yeah. that Banning will have thank god he's removed from like a decent chunk of the movie uh, yeah that's the other thing too you assume he's gonna be the hero and then it's like oh no 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 he's not he's not important yeah like well then why did we start with him why did you start with Sybil Danning why did why did they start that's with true. anything in this I mean it, it, so so do you have any other notes about the very beginning of this thing being a complete lie uh, well, but, however I totally get why little kids in the 80s would like little boys would have been like oh hell yeah like there's a blonde booby lady. There's a gunfight for no reason. Shit's exploding. This is awesome. Like, I can totally see why they would be on board with it. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, my only other note about the intro of the movie is that our uh, supposed protagonist calls somebody a towelhead within uh, five minutes of me. Oof, yeah, he does. And I was like, yikesies. I don't like this. Um, so there's. let's talk about the, the Egyptian princess that they discover. So... They kind of like BS a quick exposition about this. Oh, this princess was like erased from history because, you know, uh, she wanted to like get dark powers and blah, 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 blah. But basically what happens is the filmmakers decided that a mummy in a mummy movie, too boring. So instead, she's a vampire. We're just going to make her a vampire. Okay. I don't know why that's necessary, but I mean, literally down to she has fangs and everything. Like, 
is just a vampire. And at one point, they even go like, oh, so she's a vampire? And they're like, well, yeah, but not like a normal vampire. She's like an Egyptian vampire. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, like the mummy kind of vampire. Like, yeah, that's you know, that's like a the, subgenre. Like that are like mummies, you know, those kind? That's what this is. Um, also, she comes out of the coffin. She's been buried alive for like a millennia. She comes out, immediately knows English, like it's not even a problem, and immediately gets on a plane to come to America, more specifically Beverly Hills. And the movie's just like, I don't know, man, she just figured it out. Like, whatever. Um, it honestly, I, I cannot wait. Be, I mean, I don't want to, like, blow this load too don't early. Don't blow this. You're, I know where you're going. Don't just, blow this. It's fascinating to me. Okay, so. The other thing, the other thing that has no rhyme or reason. So she has magical powers. So she's going to make Banning, the treasure hunter, her, like, henchman. Okay. And so I imagine in the pitch meeting they were like, well, she can, like, magic and put him into cardiac arrest if he doesn't listen. And they were like, nah, that's too boring. How about she pulls out, she magics a scarab out of nowhere and that climbs in his body and then, like, camps out on his heart so that she can make the scarab squeeze his heart through magic. Why was that needed? Like, you already, like, you added an extra step. It's like if they were like, well, she can turn into a ghost at any point, but only if she wears the, like, Egyptian pharaoh felt hat that you can buy on the mummy ride at Universal. That's the only way she could, it's like, you're adding a lot of extra bullshit you don't need to do just to accomplish the same goal. I, I think, unironically, the real reason why they developed that is that they had to remind themselves, like, well, well, this is... is the, This is a horror movie? I think. Um, so we got to have some, like, blood. And so that was their justification, was like, well, let's, uh, you know, let's have this be our gore scene. This will be the real, ooh, hide behind your fingers moment. The bug's going in his butt. So... I would say that is probably what happened, or... Number two, when they were putting together, like, the props, someone in the, like, mechanics department was like, hey, we made a bug that, like, kind of moves its legs a little, and they were like, a little. Well, we're finding a scene for it. We're finding a scene for it. Very much emphasis on a little. Uh, it, it, the, yeah. the, the, the legs move like a McDonald's toy, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's exactly, they painted a McDonald's toy, and they were like, this is our prop, it's a scarab. Deal with it. And Zach, I want you to give this movie a little bit more credit because there are mummies in it and they're called the backup dancers for that Egyptian themed pop band that's in true. the intro. And so, and that's actually part of it as well. The beginning, because of how wild and crazy it is, and then the dancing mummies and all this other bullshit, I kind of had this feeling that it was going to be like Blood Diner, where it's like, oh, this is going to be funny and weird and also like horrific. And it's nothing like that. It's like, well, it's going to be real boring, and it's not going to make any sense, and it's just going to be kind of a big piece of shit. And it was like, oh, okay. I can tell you I absolutely got Blood Diner flashbacks with a woman overacting while terrible 80s CGI shoots out of her fingertips. Yes. So Yes. If there's like a THX like uh, special effects company for really, really shitty things in the 80s, they definitely worked on both Blood Diner and The Tomb. Absolutely, absolutely. Um... So, so, the other reason I, I picked this movie, so again, it was out of a hat, but as soon as I saw um, that uh, that Cameron Mitchell, uh, fucking Grandpa Dad from Space Mutiny was in it, I was like, alright, well, I'll, I'll go with this. Twist, he's fucking terrible in this. He's really bad as, like, the sneaky paleontologist who's like, oh, I've got a secret collection of Egyptian shit, and he gives me a boner for some reason, because in the scene when he gets... 
the Eye of Horus from Banning. He's like, oh, like he's so aroused by it. And for no real reason. It's just like, okay. There's a lot of things where like, oh, somebody didn't tell the truth there. Because we needed to stretch the movie out, I guess. There really is this very weird uh, relationship in the tomb where somehow every archaeologist that is even mildly interested in Egyptian artifacts knows Banning and is and has decided to just go along with it and is like, this is stolen? All right. And they're all just like the the number listed under uh, another name in his in their phone or whatever like it's like they're right. they're hiding an affair that they're all right. you know in bed with banning basically um so tn i've been pooping all over this thing why don't you take the the reins a little bit so tell me some things that stuck out to you about this turd burger so um i'm not sure if you said this already but uh kind of the 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 meat and potatoes of her plan here is to start seeking out with banning's help the archaeologist to whom he has sold her artifacts that are going to help her regain her power and uh, the first one that she seeks out uh she shows up and it's just this old guy it's practically the old guy from puppet master x um and and she she shows up and she walks in and she's she's you know wearing this very thin shirt nipples popping and she she goes like wow i bet it's had some time since you've had a woman like me i'm going okay all right she's about to seduce him you know get him right where she wants him and then maybe make him another minion yeah perhaps like, kind of like perhaps how, how banning is nope uh, immediately just shoves her hand into his chest rips his heart out and it made me wonder why even say the line in the first place what sort of what is she getting out of that it's like showing up knowing i'm about to take this guy's head off but first like uh, i bet that you can't get a boner anymore hmm yeah, good. Nice to think about. Is your last thoughts? And yep, here's your heart. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why her her go to was just like sexy phrase and then murder that's unrelated. Because it would be different if it was like if it tied in somehow. Um, but no, it doesn't. It would. It, our villain here basically walks in and goes, "I can give head like you wouldn't fucking believe." Anyway, here's a chainsaw to the midsection. Like it's like what? What is why 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 did we include that scene in there? Um. Uh, I, so, I did write yeah, down so this guy, this archaeologist. What I was going to say, I, I did. Uh, I'll, I'll also let you know that I did write down another. I, I think I wrote down a couple of them. You may have as well. Uh, in terms of the other great banning one-liners, one of which was when they initially find the tomb, uh, and someone says, "Oh, that statue. That's that's Bast. That's one of the Egyptian cat gods." And he's like, "Yeah, well, I'm about to promote Bast to goddess of early retirement." before trying to lift the statue off. It's it's full of lines like that. Just chock full Didn't of them. Didn't he say something about like, like, oh, this statue's made of gold. It's like a big gold pussy or something like <laughs> he that. And says, I was like, Why, what are we doing? He says, I believe the exact line was, Fuck. What? What? Damn So What's the matter, bitch? Is that solid gold? There isn't enough gold in this pussy to fill a cavity. There it is, yeah. Like, oh, wonderful. That's, Thank I'm you, I'm telling you, every two to three minutes, they're in there. Thank God they took him out so, of the movie. So, yeah, so archaeologist guy gets a boner and dies, and then his son steps in like, oh, I gotta figure out who killed my dad, and 
the biggest kind asshole gets... murder investigator cop is there right, working bro, on bro. it. <laughs> who <laughs> they're trying to figure out like who did this, and the cops like, hey, I'll figure it. I'll tell you what's important in this. Like the the suspect isn't important. Is that what you said? Well, that's the thing. So, like, you look at, like, Night of the Creeps, and Tom Atkins is, like, a gruff, no-nonsense cop who's, like, seen too much, and he's like, ah, I'm fucking over this. That's one thing. But this guy, it's like, he has, like, anger Tourette's. Like, he comes in like, huh, that body's weird that it's all dead like that. And then David, his son, is like, oh, do you, is there any way you're going to figure out how to, who killed my dad? And he's like, hey, shut up. It's like, okay, well, what are we doing then? Like, what is the point of this? And by the, by the way, another reason I hate this movie, the most easily bamboozled cops since goddamn Last House on the Left. Oh, like, absolutely. He's like, hey, you two are talking crazy about mummies and shit. I don't want to hear anything about that. Uh, oh, let me turn my back here for a second. Boop, 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 boop. They just slide out the back door and he's like, ah, oh, damn it. Like, it, why even include cops then? If they're going to be that stupid, why even write them in? Just be like, ah, oh, the cops can't help us. This is too crazy. Like... Why even include that as a subplot? Very true, very true. Um, so, uh, when his... Can I ask you, can I ask sure. you a question? Sure, can I, yeah, please. Can I, have a, I have a question to ask you. Oh, please. So, David and his, like, new dad, because there's, like, another old man scientist who just shows up. Um, <laughs> so, David and his new dad are going to go figure out this mystery. They talk to Grandpa Dad, uh, archaeologist who lies for no reason, and they meet that guy's niece. And they're like... Oh, that she might be the key to the answers because he knows who Banning is and she might know and ba 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 ba. So you got to go talk to her. And our hero's like, I don't want to talk to her. She's fugly. And he's like, Oh well, you got to go dick it out of her, man. And he's like, Oh, but she's so gross. And it's like, Oh, I guess we're gonna leave the cops to find your dad's killer. Oh, I'm not gonna do that. I guess I'll go fuck this uggo. Like. I'm, I can't cheer for you if that's the attitude that you have going into this. That was the movie the... even presents it like, well, if you paid attention to class instead of getting all that puss-puss, maybe you'd be a better scientist. And he's like, Dad, there ain't nothing better than that. And then that came back to the story of like, well, Casanova big dick, it's going to have to dick your way out of this situation. Go talk to her and get some secrets. That was the point in the movie in which I knew it was shifting into a teen comedy where he had to get her a makeover to go to prom. Which they fucking do that! There's a part where they're like, hey, we gotta go find this Banning guy. And then they just go on a date instead and she like gussies up and he's even like, Wow, you really clean up nice. And I'm like, this is supposed to be about a mummy. What are we doing? <laughs> and they even do the thing where, where he's like, oh, but don't you need to wear your big, stupid, ugly, stupid glasses, you big fuck-all nerd? And she's like, no, I don't need them. And then she trips and eats shit, and she's like, I guess I can wear them to the car. Like, what? I'm not here for any of this. There's 0% mummy in this. Uh, but yes, that is the point in the movie in which uh, he uh, the movie now establishes that this character has worth. Because turns out she was secret hot the whole time. So <laughs> That was the trick. That was the mummy's curse. She wasn't hot enough. <laughs> yes. So they broke the mummy's curse. And now uh, what, what they've established is that, uh, you know, classic mummy trope. Uh, she needs to absorb soul essence, uh, and you know, blood. Life. She has to bite people's necks. The classic yes. mummy trope. <laughs> yeah. 
yes, we all know how mummies love to do that um, in order to, you know, preserve her youth and remain beautiful as she currently is. And so she sets her eyes on this niece, uh, on this young, uh, aspiring archaeologist. Uh, and so it becomes an adventure of, well, we have to rescue her. Well, let's go get... Uh, <laughs> idiot racist uh not the, the actual protagonist so help us i guess Which, yeah by the way uh tn uh before we jump to the end can i um can i tell you what my secret my favorite scene was oh please so at one point in the film uh david and uh nerdy coos bag decides that they're gonna talk to yet another archaeologist who somehow knows about the evil mummy that's coming to get them. There's a lot of archaeologists working in this town. I don't know that I've ever even met one archaeologist, and there's like five there's, that they just bump into. There's more There's more archaeologists in this film than there are actual archaeologists in the world today. <laughs> um, so they're going to go to this other archaeologist who knows all about this evil mummy. So they go there, and it's John Carradine. How sad that he needed this kind of paycheck. But my favorite part of the scene is that when John Carradine is giving exposition on the mummy, he didn't even bother to learn his lines that day. Because <laughs> when they first ask him, like, but what about the mummy? He's just reading out of the book that's open in front of him. Like, the cue card is just laying on the book. He's like, yeah, the mummy, um, it was a princess and it's a vampire and uh, it's pretty pissed off at you. And so then the other scenes where, like, he's looking up at them, he's very clearly reading off a cue card. It's just like, oh, but what? But why would the mummy come after us? Uh, if you have the amulets, then the mummy is going to kill you, I guess? That's what it says. I don't know. That was my favorite scene. Just John Carradine going, I'm going to give as much of a shit as you have all in making this movie, which is to say none at all. <laughs> Yes, precisely. Now, um, uh, I, I am, I'll be honest, uh, I'm, I'm confusing a lot of the old archaeologists in this film because there are so many, but at one point, uh, yes. one of them, uh, uh, okay, this is, it's, it's, it's her uncle. Okay, so the, the, the that's the one we're referring right. to here. She confronts him and she so says, Ugo's uncle. Ugo's <laughs> uncle confronts him and says, and says, uncle, you're, you're hanging on to these artifacts? Why? And he, much like, and I hate to keep doing callbacks, but I guess you should just listen to every episode of this show. Much like uh, the obsessed curse teacher in Sadako versus Kayako, uh, he his his response is, "Yeah, I want to meet the mummy, and I want to like talk to her and have an interview with her and like sit her down." And, and essentially says he knows the danger in it. He's hanging on to it because he's looking forward to the confrontation and she knows he's probably just going to be immediately murdered. Well, my favorite part of that exchange is the dialogue, how long have you known me uh, my whole life? Yes. So as such, you know, there's not a goddamn thing you can do to stop me from talking to this mummy. So don't even try. <laughs> And it's like, uh, okay. And then, by the way, we jump cut, and she just stole the fucking artifact from him, and we didn't get to see how. Like, okay. And then he gets... It basically... Then, <laughs> then Uggo Uncle gets Emperor Palpatine's death. Just fucking Yes, no, she... Scene. She, uh, he absolutely gets Palpatined. Um, and, uh... The, the conversation basically should have gone like this. How long have you known me? Well, my whole life. And what's the one thing I would put before my family? Mummies. That's right, mummies. 
Vampire mummies. Uh, that's right. You always said that at Thanksgiving. Foolish me. <laughs> you, uh, you, uh, no matter how hard we tried to steer the conversation away from mummies at Thanksgiving, you brought it right on back. Always came back. Um, I'm trying to think. They was, meet oh, like, oh, like oh, old oh. lovers. Yeah, that's true. That was weird. Well, here's the thing. So, as Tian pointed out, she needs to, like, drink blood and eat souls in order to keep her beauty and power. So that's why she kills the first old guy, and then she, like, we get a couple of different seducing scenes for some reason. What did you think? Oh, let me start by this. This movie has a lot of scenes where just the soundtrack is playing. Like, there's no dialogue being exchanged. It's just the song, and, like, people are staring at each other. And I feel like this movie was made with a way different soundtrack in mind. Because, like, all the scenes that are just soundtrack heavy are all terrible. Like, the music in this movie is fucking terrible. And there's so many scenes where they're just, like, staring at each other in a bar or something. And it's like, oh, you're on the waterfront, booga booga boo. And you're like, I wish I wasn't hearing this song for ten minutes. I wish we moved on. And the movie never moves <laughs> really... on. I think you're correct. I think that the movie thought that they were going to have the budget to get, like, Huey Lewis to come in and right. do, like, a, an original song for the movie. And instead, they got just, like, Weird Al to do it. Or, like, a Weird Al impressionist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, as we, we uh, slam bam towards the conclusion of this movie here... Um, We've got our Fuggo has been suspended up on a cross, mm-hmm. essentially, um, and is being readied for the ceremony by Nefritus. Um, she is about to absorb her blood and her, you know, life force, everything else, uh, in order to uh, her butthole, everything else about her, her boobies, uh, to uh, become young forever. Uh, we've extracted successfully the scarab from Banning, so right. he's here to show up and fuck some shit up. Um, and maybe you understood this, but the way in which the movie concludes itself here, and which they save Fuggo, and in which the mummy is defeated, I had some real questions as to wh- what was happening exactly. Perhaps you can explain it to me. So... The mummy is going to kill Banning. Is just going to chop his fucking head off. Because I guess she's equally as over his fucking character. And so she goes over with a machete to choppa choppa his head right off. And David, the cocksmith that he is, scurries over, undoes the the tie for uh, Uggo. She gets down, takes the necklace off, the Eye of Horus... Does the greatest, like, Michael Jordan ain't got shit on her fucking free throw on this. She fucking just tosses it. It lands on the mummy's neck. The mummy bursts into flames. That's it. Everybody go home. Again, just like the beginning where it was like, did we just have like a day on this set and we just decided to like improv? That's exactly what it felt like. They were like, look, we got this stunt woman. She says she's going to set herself on fire. God damn it. We're going to find a way to write that in in the script. But of course, uh, let us not uh, pass over the classic fade to black moment of that skeleton hand uh, being pulled out of frame by an extra. Which, oh, Jesus, what, did she? It's so fucking muddy looking. Did she actually have her skeleton hand on an artifact? Was that what we were going with, or like not? Not that I saw. I mean, this. this I mean, the, the the copy we had of this movie looked like absolute shit. I, I couldn't even tell. <laughs> 
how how what half the characters even looked like. I mean, the two dudes in the intro, I'm like, which one is this? I kept having to go back. These two brunette white guys, I, I cannot tell. I can't make their facial features out with this copy. Oh, this no, film. no. The, the the key is the racist one is banning. That's how you know. Oh, yes. That's how you tell them yes. apart. I didn't see the skeleton in on Artifact. It was just a, a burnt, charred skeleton prop that just that someone literally went, got dragged off the set. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I think that they weren't even intending to set it up for a sequel. They just happened to leave a camera rolling while uh, one of the one of the PAs just grabbed the hand and was, was like, like "Are you done with this?" I gotta go put this in the fucking trailer. I'll just take this real quick. Like, yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> Precisely. Well, uh, any final thoughts on the tomb? Oh man, I really didn't like this movie a lot. Like, I got mad at myself watching this movie because I was like, I couldn't have picked something better. I couldn't have picked something anything other than this. It was so well, dumb. Well, give yourself some credit here, Zach, because, uh, boy, the, the, the relationship between our next film, it really is something special. Yeah. So, well, uh, okay, so bottom line is, this movie was very, very dumb. Um, was not a horror film at all. It was much more of a shitty action movie that couldn't decide if it was going to be a comedy or not. And um, was just very confusing to watch and terribly acted. And just a big wet fart. I was just not pleased with this movie at all. And the fact that like they couldn't even go with like the mummy mythos that they were like, ah, I'm bored of the mummy. If I'm being honest, like it's a vampire now. Oh, okay. can we just make Dracula? We just make Dracula. Let's just, just make. She kills a lady in a bed of snakes. Okay, just, just, fuck the mummy thing. The mummy thing sucks. Like, okay, then why'd you make the mummy movie, man? Fantastic. What about you? you well, any, uh, any final thoughts on this pile of shit? Um, I thought uh, every character very fleshed out. All of them very, very likable. Very three-dimensional. Uh, very three-dimensional. Very likable. They all make good decisions. You root for them. You want them to succeed. You totally don't want the mummy to just win. Right. And just, just end it all, them. please. <laughs> God in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fantastic. Well, uh, I guess let's take a break. Yes, let's. Okay, Zach. Um, so, uh, no surprise to you, I'm sure, but uh, Disney got a hold of us again, uh, said that they're really happy with uh, the way that we will often present some of their newest uh, projects, and uh, they just they like the show overall. I, I don't blame them. Um, so, they sent us an exclusive scene from the... Uh, is it coming out this year? 2019 Aladdin? Remake? I, I, I believe so. it is coming out this year. Um, uh, we, we saw a recent trailer for it. Everything looks great so far. I'm excited. So I think we should go ahead and, and just play this scene. So here we are. This is okay. exclusive here on Frightful Failures. This scene, uh, I believe the context of the scene here, this is the scene in which uh, Aladdin has is exploring the Cave of Wonders and comes across the uh, the, the magic lamp. So, okay. so here we go. Abu, don't touch anything. We gotta go find that lamp. Frank Wel Welker, what are you doing? I have a throat lozenge. Alright. Oh! Uh, Abu, we gotta go check whatever the equivalent of a veterinarian is in ancient Agrabah. And have you checked out. Because, Jesus. Anyway. Alright, so we're going through the Cave of Wonders here, and... It, it looks somewhat inferior, and why wasn't Jafar old when he told me to go in here? 
that really kind of undercuts a lot of the deception, I feel, that that character's supposed to have. But nevertheless, we're here in the Cave of uh, Wonders. And, oh, wait a minute. Zach, I, Zach I, don't, I don't mean to talk over this scene, Zach, but uh, Lydon's being very expositional here. That's uh, very, an interesting choice. There's an interesting meta subtext to this. It really, yeah, they, listen to a lot of very, fans. Hey, so okay. I'm still Aladdin and I found this lamp. Oh, man, it's dirty, but I bet I could, if I rub it, that it'll... I can polish it and sell it for some money. Rub, rub, rub. Here we go. Oh, 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 hey, that's hot. Welcome to Earth. I mean, Agrabah. Oh. Hey, what's up? What's your name? Oh, I, f <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is a little racist now. Um, I'm Aladdin. What do you mean? I'm, a, well, I'm G. <laughs> Hey, TN, there's a lot of talking over each other. That's a very interesting take for for voice acting here. I, you know? It's like Rick I, and Morty. I, I, well, well, it's, 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 I think they're doing it kind of natural because I think in, in real life people don't know each other's lines and so they just kind of sometimes end up talking over each other. Anyways, we'll, we'll talk, get back to yeah, the, okay. to, we'll just keep playing okay, the, the scene here. Yeah, we don't want to, okay, shut. All right, hey, so what's up, Genie? <laughs> Uh, that was me. Sorry, that was, that was me laughing. Uh, it's, it's a good line. It's a good line. That's, that's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. Okay. All right. So, um, you know, the drill man wishes all that. So, uh, you know, Agrabah, it's always raining black people. So what, what are we doing here? Uh, how do I know that you're a real genie? Well, um, I mean, just look at me. I'm, uh, you know. I mean, look, I'm blue all over. I'm a blue nightmare that everyone hates. I'm, <laughs> I, I blew myself. <laughs> I mean, I'm not to say. Oh, and hey, Zach, it's uh, it's cutting it's cutting over a little bit, and we see. Oh my God, it's it's. I, I think that's Iago up there. Jafar, I see the Arab boy and the monkey, and the Arab boy is fucking the monkey, and the monkey is. Jerking him off with his tail. Hey, TN, I, uh, I never knew that you had the ability to do a Gilbert Godfrey impression so well that I'm offended that this is how I find this out. That was the single greatest impression you've ever done. Uh, that, that wasn't me, but I appreciate the compliment, buddy. All right, well, uh, wow, uh, I think that's the scene is uh, concluded there. That's the, the Aladdin that's aristocrats. Magic. And shame that on us is... for not doing uh, in West Agrabah, born and raised, where the Cave of Wonders, where I spend most of my days, and other terrible fucking takes that have been done a thousand times already. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, there's a reason why the genie didn't do that, and it's because it's an overplayed joke at this point. But wow, talk about lightning in a bottle, and uh, or more like more like lightning in a lamp. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, this movie looks great. Just burn and, it all. Uh, just, that's my so, that's my so take. Check just out, burn it all. Check out uh, Aladdin in theaters this summer or winter somewhere. I don't know. You'll you're gonna fucking have it jammed down your throat anyway. True. So. You'll know when it comes out. All right, well, let's get back to the show. So, TN, uh, as I said before, I sort of just pick a movie out of the hat based off what you decide for the more recent film. And uh, in this case, oh boy, it really kind of, it really kind of, a little bit of mummy egg on my face. Yeah, a little bit of mummy egg for sure. Um, this is... Uh, 
2017's Tom Cruise Mummy. Because which is forever because how it will be known. Really, here's what it is. This is uh, called the Late to the Party podcast. It's the podcast within a podcast. Uh, you might have seen our previous episode where we shit on the Dark Tower three years after it was in vogue to do that. And so now we're doing the same thing here two years after it's in vogue to do that. We're gonna take a we're gonna take a bunch of swipes at, at twenty seventeen the mummy now that everyone's already done shitting all over it. Well listen, I mean if we're if we're shitting on it at the same time as everybody else, where where's the fun in that? Then we just blend in with the crowd. That's true. This is how you stand out. You review a movie uh two years after it's been released. You know, no one cares about it anymore. It's more more than likely just forgot, forgotten, I would say. Um, and that's when we jump in. We say, remember this? Well, it was from two years ago? Yeah, L- let's take a look at how bad that was. So um, let, let me just tell you a little bit about the plot of this movie. So um, we're introduced to the fact that uh, in ancient Egypt, this is your, your classic mummy backstory here. Um, the mummy in this case is the princess Amanat. Um, she's the sole heir to the throne. Um, however, when the Pharaoh uh, has a baby boy, she decides that she's going to make a pact with a demon, in this case, Set, the god of death, uh, in order to give her the power to uh, slay the pharaoh and his newborn son. And, and if I could just interrupt myself telling the plot real quick, if she already had the the idea and clearly the ability to murder a baby, why not just do that? Why do you I, need a demon? I had the exact same thought. I was like, the, it's ancient Egypt. CSI doesn't exist yet. Take the baby and, like, punt it. Like, why did you have to go through all this rigmarole? It's like, oh, I'm coming in for this promotion at work. Oh, you know what? We gave it to Dave instead. Well, guess what? Time to set the whole building on fire. Like, no, no. Just go, hey, Dave, you're fired. Sorry. Like, you don't have to go that big. Oh, I have a younger brother. Well, to hell with all this. Time to go sell my soul to the devil. Okay, yeah, movie. precisely. I mean, if I mean, clearly she's willing to put in the work. Right. Uh, it's not like a demon just approached her and said, "Hey, I'll take care of that baby for you." Like, if you're willing to put in the work of obtaining this, you know, old dagger through this demon, then clearly you're willing to just smother a baby. I mean, come on. Um, so they uh, find out she murders the pharaoh. They bury her alive, mummify her alive, um, and transport the sarcophagus away from Egypt uh, to what ends up being modern-day Iraq. And uh, so then when we transfer over to modern-day, it's Tom Cruise and Jake Johnson, who I now love because you only need one movie, one movie that I really love to make me love you forever, and that movie is Into the Spider-Verse. So love Jake Johnson now. Uh, He's uh, partners with Tom Cruise. Uh, They are both soldiers, but they're kind of hiding their true intentions and like using the war as a front to steal and antiquities and sell them on the black market um so they stumble upon her grave uh tom cruise decides he's going to just shoot the chain to release her and then she comes back and is on a mission to uh, reform her mystical dagger to summon set the god of death into the modern world and take her revenge that's the mummy for you now let me um let me clarify a couple things so how this movie works is Tom Cruise plays John Banning, and he's an antiquities thief who sells in the black market. He stumbles upon a mummy's tomb, unleashes a curse, and the mummy does not have traditional mummy powers, and goes through a murder spree to try to track him down. 
Yes, yes. Um, now, uh, there's a lot of differences between this and the tomb. First off, this mummy's really sexy. Oh, wait a minute. Um, okay, hang on. <laughs> no, wait, that's, uh, that's this, not... No, no, hang on, hang on. Uh, this mummy movie is uh, not set in Egypt. Oh, fuck. No, that's, um, yeah, that's not... It's more like... A, it's set more like in a suburban kind of environment. It doesn't really have the aesthetic of a mummy movie at all. It makes you wonder why they even made a mummy. Oh, fuck. No, that's not... Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Ugh, okay. Uh, we'll find something. We'll find some kind of difference between them. This movie has Tom Cruise in it. There you go. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, uh, l let me just say first and foremost that uh, when the Universal Globe spins around and it transforms into the Dark Universe logo, that's funnier than any joke we've ever made on this entire show. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, I guess, I guess, can we can we start with the, the two elephants in the room? Can we can we start? Please. Okay. I have a feeling what one of them is. So the two elephants going into Mummy 2017 is that there was a lot of backstage information and production information that was kind of spread out about the film. And the two elephants in the room. Number one, as Tien just pointed out, this was supposed to be the catalyst of an Avengers-style shared universe of Universal Monsters. And this movie shit the bed, and as such, that universe got dissolved. Um, or did it? Um, <laughs> thank you, Bloomhouse. That was the problem. We need to make these movies cheaper. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and we have to involve Annabelle. True. Have her be on the Avengers team of monsters. There you go. So number two, the other elephant in the room, is that uh, after this film was initially wrapped, they went back and did reshoots, and the reasoning given was that Tom Cruise felt that the movie didn't have enough Tom Cruise in it. So those are two elephants in the room going into this. No, okay, I guess I was wrong. I figured that one of the elephants you were going to point out is that uh, when they were moving into this movie and they were saying, hey, we're making another mummy movie, everyone said, great, get Brendan Fraser back on the horse. Right, true. And, and they very quickly said, no, no, this is not that. So what I didn't know, though... Prior to watching it, and this was my first major uh, vomit in the back of my throat, was that they were basically, with the introduction of Tom Cruise's character in this movie, just trying to make it the mummy, the 90s there mummy. There really was. There was a lot of like, oh, it's it's serious, it's an action movie, not a horror movie, and we're going to have some jokes in there. There's some jokes, and you can tell, like, your protagonist, he's not perfect. You know, he gets a little slap on the face from this, uh, you know, female character we're just meeting. Uh-oh, what's their relationship? It's so silly. Yeah, no, there was definitely a lot that I was like, wow, they're really just trying to make the mummy. But interestingly enough, they ripped off every other movie except for 1998 Mummy. Um, this is true. All of the, the, the mummy's minions are just basically, like, zombies, I guess. Um... They rip off American Werewolf in London because Tom Cruise Oh my god, body. yes. Yes, go, Tien, go. This is you. This is your Please, moment. no, God, no, no, yes, absolutely. That's, I, I thought that in a heartbeat because uh, Jake Johnson's character uh, is killed by Tom Cruise in the airplane because he's possessed by the power of Aminat. He starts coming at them with a knife. Tom Cruise puts him down. And then for the rest of the movie, he's haunted by a decomposing version of Jake, just like American Werewolf. He just keeps seeing him. He's showing up. He's kind of funny. You know, he's a little bit of comic relief. You know, it, it's... It's American Werewolf. It's nuts. But what was the scariest part of that? The goddamn CG is terrible. That CG yes. is so bad. 
Oh, boy. And, like, when you first see him, and it's, like, practical, it looks fine. He looks kind of like a zombie. He's got, like, one white eye. You're like, okay, yeah, that's kind of spooky looking. But, like, in the bathroom scene, and then the tunnel, it's just pure CG, and it looks horrendous. And this was only made two years ago, and it's like, how in the hell does this look this bad? Oh, really, really awful. Can we talk about how uh, Tom Cruise's characters always just have the most generic white guy names? You know, it's always just, like, Nick... Ethan, Jack, yeah. Ray, John, Lestat, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> very common names. Um, yes. So, yeah, so then the, the... So Tom Cruise becomes cursed, and now he's like the chosen one, and the mummy is chasing him. Now, before we get to the part that really is very, very subtle, and you almost miss it... Um, <laughs> the, the the chase the the chasing around in the beginning is fine it's uh, kind of clunky there's a couple of different kind of showcases of like the um uh not like the river turning into blood or anything like that but there's some kind of pestilence and sort of these big biblical things sort of showing up which is like okay it's fine um they really really hammered home the sexy mummy thing though like oh boy! Like she gets her powers. Oh, ha- see if you've heard this before. This mummy princess gets her powers by draining the life force out of other people. Um, but instead of biting them on the neck, as is the tradition of mummies, um, she just kisses them real hard, right in their little <laughs> lipperinos. Just gives them a big old smoochy smooch, and now she is f- more fully formed. Yeah, I mean, they say that her goal is to hunt down this ancient mystical dagger, but I think her real goal is just to get a little smoocherino from every emergency responder in London. I mean, I that's, mean, yeah. The kisses are so good that the people decide, like, well, I'll be your friend, sure, and they just start following her around after that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, like, the quote-unquote humor, like the jokey jokes in I'm this. I'm so glad you brought that up. The, the, the humor is so abhorrent yeah. in this. There's a scene where, and this is your first real indication that something supernatural has occurred to Tom Cruise's character is that the plane goes down, he's not able to get out of it, uh, so then they come up to his buddy, the woman, and they say, can you please help us identify the bodies? Meanwhile, he's in there with a row of bodies, sits up in the body bag, and then gets out and is standing there in the morgue. The characters walk in, these two doctors that work at the morgue, and his friend, and their reaction is not either A, pure horror, because you walk into a room expecting to see bodies and there is a man standing in the middle of the room who you declared dead. The, the reaction is not pure horror or like your brain splitting in half or just amazement. It's... Tom Cruise's butt? I'm embarrassed. Yeah, and then he covers like, up himself and is like, oops, oh, sorry. Literally the doctors come in and they're like, what the? Look at that guy's meaty dick. What the hey? <laughs> Which, by the way, Tian, let me ask you this. Um, Please. So with Rick O'Connell back in the 90s, um, I felt like we got a pretty good feeling about like who Brendan Fraser was as a character. That he was sort of yes. like this rough and tumble, kind of Han solo sort of guy who... You know, gets in and over his head, but ultimately has a good heart. Um, what is the main characteristic that sticks out in your mind uh, about Tom Cruise's uh, John Bannon character? Banning? Uh, like, think cowardice? about think about all the the dialogue that's shared. 
Think about all the character traits that we that we find out um, through him and other characters. What's the number one that stands out to you? Oh, gosh, I mean, I would say probably just confusion. Oh, okay, okay. The 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 character trait that I gleamed because it was brought up um, three different times in the movie is that um, apparently Tom Cruise's character comes too fast. That was the number one trait I took away. Is that he's got a bit of a quick trigger. And hey, that's he's an everyman. Am I right? Am I right, fellas? It's it's a throwaway joke that they deem necessary to bring it up again. In a giant Hollywood picture where there are undoubtedly uh, many, many, many lines that were thrown away either in the writer's room or in post-production and editing, whatever. I would say probably in the hundreds of lines that were thrown away throughout the process of making this movie, the lines they decided to keep in and repeat were, hey, why did you say 15 seconds? Like, I don't, I don't come in 15 seconds, okay? Don't you think that's a little bit of an exaggeration? I mean, those, those are my boys back there. You just embarrass me in front of them. So just know that if you ever bust in on me in a church and there's a sexy mummy on top of me, I'm going to leave your ass behind. I'm going to jump in an ambulance and I'm going to drive away. And I feel like this... Now, I don't know. I don't have it on authority that this is how it went. But I like to picture that that line was super cut. They were definitely like, we're not putting the goddamn boomerang joke that comes up three times that he jizzes in 15 seconds. We're not doing that. This is a goddamn Hollywood production. We're not putting that line in. And then it was like, oh, hey, we just got a phone call. Tom Cruise says he's coming back for reshoots because the movie doesn't have enough him in it. Oh, he does, does he? Uh, you definitely go tell the editor to put that shit in a thrice. You put that shit in thrice. If you can put it in the trailer, even better. Fuck him. Yeah, precisely, precisely. Now, um, uh, the one thing we haven't really talked about yet with this movie is that uh, the the big tie-in that they use in order to what they thought were creating was their, their dark universe. <laughs> Cinematic universe. You mean yes. that very, very subtle idea that you blink and you miss it. Now I'm going to describe it to you in in excruciating detail because it's so easy to miss. It is. So in this two hour and whatever long movie, at about the hour twenty mark, the mummy has been chasing Tom Cruise and this lady real, real good. Then, the movie slams on the brakes to present us with a 20-minute PowerPoint presentation about how this spoopy Avengers is really going to kick ass. And then the movie continues on, and the mummy chases them again for another 40 minutes. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm exaggerating. You're not. I, I don't think you are at all. Uh, I... I, I... I wish that there was another reason why you would take the rising action of your film, which is this mummy is on its way to get these two pieces to the MacGuffin that's going to end the world and put the beam up into the sky and all the extras are going to run around London and go, ah! and buildings are going to be destroyed. I, I wish there was a better reason other than, well, we got to set up our dark universe for capturing the mummy capturing more the mummy. than midway through the mummy <laughs> capturing the mummy with little to no effort by the way it yes. was like two tranks to the neck 
She goes down, they chain her up, and there's no problem there. Now, if you'll excuse us, Russell Crowe has to now tell us what Men in Black is. That is the fucking movie. I think that my favorite line in the whole film is when Russell Crowe, who is two years younger than Tom Cruise, tells him that he is a young man. Oh, younger man. But you'd best learn to be wary of a man like me. No, okay. I think that was my favorite. Let's step aside for a second. Did you like Gilman's hand in a jar? Did that did that do it for you? Did that did that tickle your your I boner in the way that seeing Thanos at the end of the first Avengers did? I, I would have been less offended if at some point during the movie, when the mummy is chained up and there's no problem in keeping her captive and filling her with mercury, because that's a thing. I would have been less offended if Russell Crowe had just turned to Tom Cruise and go, "Oh, by the way, um, in case you didn't know." Wolfman's got nards. I would have been less offended if that was the case, as opposed to here's the Gilman's hand in a jar and a dra- and a Dracula skull. But in fact, twist that's just another mummy skull. The fangs that gives it away. Yeah, no, that was the skull of the mummy from uh, the, tomb. the tomb. There you so, go. It's yeah, a big time. Absolutely. No, literally, the fact that I could not believe how. Okay, so Russell Crowe as Doctor Jekyll shows up a couple times in the beginning of the movie. To be exposition-y and narratively and and just stupid. And so, fine, whatever. And I'm like, waiting for the reveal. At the end of it, it's going to be like, by the way, I'm Dr. Henry Jekyll. <gasps> He's Dr. Jekyll. No, no, not expecting the honest-to-God 25-minute TED Talk on, by the way, this basically exists in the Hellboy universe. We are the fucking defense against dark arts. Um... Let me show you the cool room. By the way, I'm also already Mr. Hyde. Let me give myself an insulin shot. Okay, I'm all right again. What else do I have to talk about? Oh, monsters are real. Um, The creature from the Black Lagoon definitely fucks. And um, I guess we got to go back to doing the mummy movie, right? Like, what else are we going to do? Is that enough? Let's get back to the mummy. I mean, if you thought that um, the entire movie slowing down for five minutes while Wonder Woman uh, pulls up uh, a flash drive full of every currently cast Again. member of the DCEU. <laughs> she pulls up this PowerPoint presentation on what the Justice League's going to look like. Like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> if you thought that was really just shoved into a film, boy, check out 2017's The Mummy. Which, by the way, you got to make sure to stay tuned till the end of the credits because it says The Mummy Will Return in The Invisible Man. <laughs> the Mummy Will Return in Diamonds Are Forever. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yes, so, absolutely. So, <laughs> can I... um? Can I talk about something that's that's weird? Like, I didn't know how to really present it. And Please. it ties into what we're talking about here. I don't want to be, like, the, the nostalgia cuck or anything like that. And I'm, I'm talking about more the cuck side than the nostalgia side here. Mm-hmm. Um, how come all the women in this movie are just damsels in distress? And you go, well, Zach, how many women are in the movie? Oh, there's two women in the movie. There's Jenny, the damsel in distress... And the goddamn mummy, who is also a damsel in distress. The fucking villain, the devil, Jason Voorhees in this movie, is chained up with no problem and has to look to big, strong Tom Cruise to help save her so that she can be the bad guy again. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and the other part of that that's really wonderful is you have Jenny, uh, who has been hunted by our villain throughout this movie, almost murdered by the villain. And when Dr. Jekyll says, all right, yeah, so we're just going to dissect her and see what we can learn and, and see what we can you know do about preventing evil like this in the future from reemerging into modern day society. And she's like, dissect her? That's E.T. That's my friend. He's been my friend no, the whole movie. The, the fact that she went full uggo uncle and was like, I just want to interview her. What's the problem? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then she's like all put off like, this isn't why I signed up to the fucking League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It's like, yes, it is. This is exactly why you signed up. And then Tom Cruise has the throwaway line like, oh, I guess you and Dr. Jekyll are just using each other. How? How? She just showed up at the dig at the fucking hole in the ground that you made at the beginning of the movie and went, "Yep, that's a mummy," and that was it. What role is she playing? I'm like, oh, she's very important to the secret society. Why? She doesn't do anything. She just stands there and goes, "Oh, gee whiz! I hope I don't get attacked by a mummy." That's all she does. So uh, now as... let, let me let me if, just real quick, real quick. Please, please, please. So the one, the, there was a moment, similar to John Carradine reading his lines, there was one moment that I did think was like, okay, that's kind of interesting, um, was when they were kind of, the Jenny and Tom Cruise are talking, and he's cursed, and he's like, I'm pretty fucked. And she's like, well, ultimately, down in your little bones and heart, you're a good dude. And he's like, nah, I'm really not, which is supposed to be like, oh, he's like a MySpace fucking guy, like, oh, I'm so dark. But, um... <laughs> She's like, no, you're a good guy, because on the plane in the er, the beginning part of the film, we were all fucked, and you handed me the last parachute and saved me. That's really kick-ass of you. And his response is like, I thought there was another parachute, so I'm just bad at math. I'm not a good person. Like, I just fucked that up. I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like, okay, yeah, he, he was really trying to be selfish, but he, he did the math wrong. Because they um, do the same thing with the ambulance, where when uh, he's cornered in the church before the mummy realizes that, oop, the magic... Uh, uh, the magic dagger does not have uh, the, its the little shiny on top. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that she wasn't going to be able to use it. And so he goes and runs away and gets an ambulance, starts driving away, and, and she catches up to it before he can hit full speed um, and says, you were just going to leave me. And it's like, yep, I was. And yeah, that, got... was, that was somewhat interesting. It's like, oh, he really isn't like a very great person. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of when Jenny was talking uh, to the mummy at one point and wanted to know, like, hey, can you can we have, like, an interview? And the mummy just looked directly into the camera and just said what its character motivation was. Do you remember in the 90s one when Emotep did that? When fucking Billy Zane lookalike just stared in the camera and was like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm bad, I'm evil, and I'm trying to get the jars back so that I can be at full strength and um, I'm going to fuck this chick who was in Constantine. Does that sound cool to everybody? Remember when that scene happened in the movie? When he stared unblinkingly into the camera to go, this is what my character motivation is because we couldn't think of a better way to express this? Remember when they did that and this was an homage to that? Those are my favorite scenes every time. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, so we're moving towards the conclusion of the film, which is, right, of course... Right, we get course, past the Men in Black section yes. and now we're back to the movie. 
Yeah, we're back to the movie, and uh, we we need to have the final confrontation. Tom Cruise needs to meet the mummy, figure out how he's going to deal with this. Oh, you know, is he going to sacrifice himself? Uh, you know, is he going to finally learn? Well, wait a second, wait a second. We missed something very important. Oh, please. Very, very important. That 95% of the action sequences in this action movie don't involve the mummy in any way. Yes. They're either, at best, her minions... Or at worst, fucking Mr. Hyde fighting Tom Cruise. Remember that scene in The Mummy? When The Mummy was in another room, was in a broom closet, and fucking Mr. Hyde fought Tom Cruise for ten minutes? Do you remember that very Egyptian-y scene when that happened? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a very Egyptian-y movie. I mean, what do you think of when you think of Egypt? You think of uh, The London Eye. You think of, uh, you know, the, the the rats coming out of the sewers of London. That's you what you think of. You think of fish and of. chips. Yes, you think of fish Egypt. and chips. Um, so, uh, the thing is, you can't just have a movie where the mummy uh, is defeated by a human sacrifice. You gotta have a fucking mummy fight, obviously. So, here's the thing. Tom Cruise has the dagger decides he is going to, you know, find this moment for himself where he can redeem his his cowardice, gives himself a little stabby with a dagger, takes just a, just a little portion, just a little sip off the God of Death's power, enough to still be human enough, enough to be in the next movie that's never going to happen. Right. And, uh, and then it's mummy fight time, baby. We're, we're, we got two mummies, and they're, they're going at it. Now, by mummy fight time... You mean she kind of like throws a CGI version of Tom Cruise into like a couple pieces of Ikea furniture. Then he absorbs the power of the juju and then just gives her the, the smooch of all smooches. This is what she's been waiting for. A yeah. big old smoocherino from Tom Cruise. She gets it. She's like, I've got no more unfinished business. I'm out of here. It's the end of Casper. And then fucking there's that. I mean, you can only kiss... So many uh, British extras before you got to get that Tom Cruise kiss, baby. You got to feel that middle tooth right up against you. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So then uh, Tom Cruise uh, disappears, has a final little moment with Jenny where he says, like, listen, I'm part mummy now, baby. I can't I can't be around you. I'm dangerous. I got the mummy in me. So uh, I got to yeah. go. Yeah. Which, by and the that, way, the only thing worse than his buddy's um, bad CGI as a zombie was fucking Tom Cruise Venom for a second when he yells at Jenny to come back to life. Yes. Um, I'll also say that the moment in which uh, the mummy has a hold of Tom Cruise and is attempting to have him give into the power to become this god, and we keep switching between his pupils being normal Tom Cruise eyes to just suddenly... Two pupils in each eye. Very funny looking. Like, that's... that. Uh, I get what they were going for. Of like, well, we have to show that it's like a, a struggle. You, that looks real dumb. That, yes, absolutely. That's a really, very dumb thing. So, um, uh, the best part of this whole movie, basically, is that we, we then get an epilogue uh, voiced by uh, Russell Crowe in which... He just gives the speech from the end of Dark Knight about Tom Cruise. That was the thing I was most offended by in this movie. He's like, not, this is, is not the mummy that we need, but the mummy we deserve right now. Here's the thing. 
This isn't a remake of the 90s one with Brendan Fraser. It's not even a remake of the original one with Boris Karloff. It's not anything original. It's ripping off a bunch of movies. It has Men in Black in the middle of it for no reason. However, the thing that I was most offended by is that in this spoopy Avengers that Russell Crowe is the Hulk. Okay, that's fine, (laughs) I guess. But you're going to sit there and tell me that Tom Cruise is goddamn Batman in this fucking universe when they're like, he's got a darkness in him that he's going to try to fight to stay on the light side. Oh, Jesus. And he's running away. Oh, God. And we got to make chase. Is he a good guy or a bad guy? Oh, God. Oh, and by the way, he brought back his friend back to life because, God damn it, he needs a Robin for this Cape Crusader. God <laughs> damn it, no. That was the part I was most offended by. That of yeah. all this universe, Tom Cruise equals Batman was their big fucking go-to. Yes. No, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, any, any final thoughts on, uh, 2017's, uh, Tom Cruise mummy here? I, like I said, the elephant in the room was that though this needs to be more about Tom Cruise. It really is. The mummy does not play a great role in the fucking movie, the mummy. It really doesn't. The fact that Russell Crowe has more of an impact to this film than the actual mummy in the mummy is offensive. And the fact that Tom Cruise is Batman. Well, they should have just called it the Tommy. I think. Uh, well, I mean, really, that's true. The the crew, the cruise, the cruise nation, cruise night, <laughs> the cruise night rises. Uh, it, it's it's hard to have final thoughts uh, on a film that uh, that we've seen twice now, once in nineteen eighty six and one in twenty seventeen. Yes, um, but also a film that uh, already broke my heart two years ago when they took what could have been uh, the most badass. Uh, awaken the teenager within me once more. Uh, we're building the Avengers, but with the Universal Monsters, and absolutely broke my heart by shitting itself not once but twice. Actually, if you forget, uh, Dracula, Dracula Untold, Untold. Yeah. was supposed to be the first, you know, uh, Dark Universe movie, but that was abominable. People forget that even exists. This one at least had Tom Cruise in it, so you can ignore it. You can pretend it doesn't exist. Uh, but you can't ignore the fact that it's very bad. Very, very bad. Well, excellent. I Let's take a break. From his mother's basement, weighing in at 195 pounds, he wishes, and knowing absolutely nothing about the world of professional wrestling, he is the Clueless Wrestler! Okay, so, uh, built off the back of what we talked about the last time we had one of these little segments, uh, TN really wanted to see some, like, height of popularity 80s wrestling, the rock and wrestling era when wrestlers were, like, larger than life and they were everywhere and it was really coming into the pop culture for the first time. So you basically had this huge boom in the 80s, then it kind of, like, died down in the early 90s, and then a huge boom again in the late 90s. And so, uh, for this, we didn't go full match yet. Depending on how this goes, that may be the sequel. But basically, we're going over uh, what ends up being the main event of WrestleMania five in 1989. So, uh, TN, uh, feel free to, uh, to take it away here, since this is what you wanted. So, here's what you got. Okay, alright. Well, first question. So, is wrestling real? Yes, very real. It is very, okay. very real, especially in the 80s. Okay, alright. Well, that's good to know. Um, 
It's interesting. Uh, I, I'm not sure if this is was always the style of promo. Uh, I mean, you got to do a bump to record these promos, right? Like a bump of. <laughs> there is there is certain um, uh, uh, conspiracies, perhaps, or theories uh, that there might have been some pre gaming. Um, so basically, what Tien is referring to. So. Um, and uh, this is interesting, because as, as much as I'd love to just drop you in the deep end, both their promos basically catch you up to speed with what's been going on. So, um, uh, basically, the, the main event of WrestleMania five is the Mega Powers, which was the super team of Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan, completely falls apart, and now they're going to fight, and they hate each other. So, what we watched was... Macho Man Randy Savage's promo leading into this match, and then Hulk Hogan's promo leading into this match. So, um, uh, first off, just to clarify a couple of things. So, Miss Elizabeth is Macho Man's wife. Correct. Real-life wife, and also, like, their manager of the Mega Powers, is that? Correct. Okay. And in real life, did Hulk Hogan fuck her and then say the N-word? That's still out there. The jury's still out on that. Chris Hemsworth's going to play him in a movie. They'll put that as a deleted scene. Good, good. I thought it was going to be Chris Hardwick was going to play Hulk Hogan. In okay, movie. you know what? That's not... We don't have to do this. Okay. Um, all right, so uh, uh, the full context that, that I gathered is that, uh, you know, there was... Okay, the, the context I'm gathering is that there was no real reason for this Mega Powers divided story other than we've run out of stories for us as buddies and so now we need to just have us make up a fight for no reason even though the the video proof is here that Hulk Hogan references saying like hey I said on video it's right here that you know I I love you both I love uh you as a brother Miss Elizabeth as oh excuse me brother um Miss Elizabeth is like my sister uh you guys are just the best and I love you and they said well can we just get Macho Man to like misinterpret that as if he's half deaf which he might be and and just say like you love my wife what so is that, am I on point there, or? You are actually 100% on point. Uh, the Mega Powers came together to take on um, kind of the Twin Towers, which was um, Big Boss Man and Akeem the African Dream. And then they stayed together to fight the Mega Bucks, which was um, a tag team formed by Ted DiBiase, where it was uh, where it was uh, Andre the Giant and, and he and they were going to fight them, and they beat them too. So yeah, basically they ran out of people. It was like, well, no one's a credible threat to Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan, arguably the two biggest names we've ever had, there was no one who was believable. So they would have just steamrolled the rest of the roster for the next hundred years. So then they were like, well, if we don't have any vi viable, then we'll have the team break up and they'll feud together. Um, anything else that you're gathering from this? Anything that stuck out to you? Any lines that you particularly enjoyed? I'll say this. Um, I don't know that uh, uh god rest his soul i don't know that i could recognize macho man's face without the sunglasses when he took them off I, it looked it's like an whole... alien here's I was the like, thing Who how does he that? get his eyes that red he's so mad that like he's blown all the blood vessels in his eyes well i think he just had like a prolapse or something and, and that's how he <laughs> something when he's talking about uh so my favorite line from that is when he's talking about um um 
when when Hogan's doing his prima donna and his hot dogging. I think that's the funniest thing is is oh, I, saying hot dogging in such a threatening tone. I think is just hysterical. He says hot dogging maybe five times. I and mean, each he time really it's scary, up. and each time it's the funniest goddamn thing. Yes, um, I mean I think it really reads as uh, you know uh, with my role as a clueless wrestler. I, I will say this totally reads as this is the fakest feud of all time. They have no reason to be <laughs> mad at each other at all. And literally they're going to go get a beer after this match. Uh, they have zero reason to be actually mad at each other. And this, this is the most manifested thing I've maybe seen yet that you've showed me. So did you at least gather like, so we've talked about in previous segments that, you know, you kind of could see even looking back, you could be like, okay, I can see why this was such a big deal. Like why people liked it. Or why people were interested in this. Did you get any of that from these promos? Were you like, oh, this is why people liked this big cartoony shit in the 80s? Or were you just like, I, who could have ever watched this? Well, actually, you're, you're setting me up and, and I'm going to tee you up here for what is my main question about this that you're showing me. So you get ready to wax poetic on this because okay. here's my main question. From what you've showed me so far... Uh, wrestlers are usually pretty clearly established as a heel or a hero. Mm -hmm. Usually the audience knows who to root for. Obviously there are people who are, you know, contrarian and they like to root for the villain. That's fine. But these are both the biggest heroes in the WWF at this point. And since they are now at odds and they are now going to fight at the end of, in the main event of, of WrestleMania five, my question is, did you actually see a real divide in the fan base at that point of kind of whose corner you were in? in Interesting this? that you bring that up because that's kind of where we are now in retrospect. Because in its heyday, it was just like called down from the mountaintop that Hulk Hogan was number one and that was it. Um, but now that we can see things more like historically and it's not just like the history that WWF is giving us, people make other arguments like, obviously, Hulk Hogan was, like, commercially the most successful. But in terms of, like, greatest entertainer, you do hear, like, well, I think Macho Man might have been better than, than Hulk Hogan. Or, I think Roddy Piper was better than Hulk Hogan. Be and not just because of the weird racist stuff and the sex tape. But, like, just as a performer at their best, maybe Hulk Hogan wasn't as great as, as was, you know, advertised. Um, now, one side note I want to put on this is, although you are right in that the company needed a reason for these two to feud, and this was just sort of what they came up with, it is not entirely out of the blue. Because Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth were married in real life. However, Macho Man was incredibly jealous and was very quick-tempered. So, there are stories about how, like, during certain shows, if Macho Man thought that Elizabeth was genuinely getting too much attention, he would lock her in the dressing room and then go out on his own. And not on camera. Like, I don't mean like, oh, they're locking... Like, as in, he would come out to the ring and everyone's like, where's Miss Elizabeth? And he's like, she's at home sick! Or something like that. Like, he would just be like, no, 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 no one gets to see her tonight. So he was very, very controlling. So... There are elements, if you really di dive deep into this, there are elements that Randy Savage was not okay with about this 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 feud. Like when um when Miss Elizabeth got like knocked down by the by Big Boss Man and Hogan like picks her up and saves her. 
Macho Man was not cool with that in real life. He was like, you were touching her, like you were getting weird with it, like you touched her ass and stuff, and Hogan's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So there was genuine animosity to a certain extent, because Hulk Hogan was not just like this kind-hearted individual who was like, oh, I guess they handed me the number one spot. He was very much political in terms of, I'm number one, and I swear to God, if anybody's even close, I will cut them at the knees. He was very much wanting to stay in that number one spot. Um... So as much as this is like over the top and ridiculous, there is certain elements of Macho Man that were real in terms of him being that um, possessive of Miss Elizabeth. But to answer your original question, these are two good guys fighting. Who do we know who to cheer for? And the answer is Macho Man and Ric Flair actually have the exact same trick. They never change as wrestlers. You could watch Macho Man wrestling in 1979. You could watch him wrestling in 1998, and it's the exact same guy, exact same persona. The only way that you can tell if he's a good guy or a bad guy is how much interaction is Macho Man having with Miss Elizabeth. If he's leaving her the fuck alone, then he's a good guy. If he's jerking her around and, like, throwing her into people and, like, using her as a shield, he's a bad guy. Just like with Ric Flair. If Ric Flair's cutting a promo and he's all coked up and crazy and he's, you know, interrupting himself or whatever, that's fine. He's a good guy. If in the middle of his promo, which could be the exact same promo, he stops himself and points to someone in the crowd and goes, Hey, fat boy, shut up. That's how you know he's a bad guy. Those are your context clues. So same thing with Macho Mm. Man. He wrestles exactly the same, cuts the exact same kind of promos. He is exactly the same wrestler through and through. But if he throws Miss Elizabeth around, that's how you know he's a bad guy. So he immediately started doing that in this match. People immediately went, oh, there's our clue. Time to boo Macho Man. So that's how you get around a situation like that. Now, there's another match out there, which was Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior. And that truly was good guy versus good guy. There was no shortcut of like, oh, well, on the way to the ring, the Ultimate Warrior kicked a puppy. Nope. It was two good guys going against each other, and that did divide the crowd. So you do have situations like that. But I would imagine, and maybe, uh, you know, if you're saying that that is what happened in this particular match, I think this would be very interesting, because what I'm imagining is, okay, so you've got, you know, kind of the two biggest names in 1989, you have a ticket to WrestleMania. You walk in. There are two giant merch booths. One on the left for Macho Man and one on the right for Hulk Hogan. And you are going to, as a fan, walk to one of those merch booths and buy your shirt to say you are Team Edward or Team Jacob. Oh, why so, was that the reference? Yes. <laughs> so, is that not how it went? To a certain extent. I mean, you'll you'll see in the crowd there's like a bunch of Hulkamaniacs and Macho Madness is running wild. But... It was just the biggest thing on planet Earth. But, like I said, they gave you the context clues of Macho Man is the bad guy here. So, there, at that time, in that era, there wasn't as much of a contrarian attitude of like, I know he's the bad guy, but I'm going to root for him anyway because I'm fucking edgy. That wasn't really a thing in the 80s. It was more like, hey, they told me this is the good guy, so I'm cheering my ass off for the good guy. So I see. They were kind of given the cue card of like, boo Macho Man. And they're like, I guess we're booing Macho Man. Hmm. Okay. Now, my question right. to you is this. Before we end this segment, are you interested in actually seeing this match? Yes. Uh, unless there's something that you're not telling me that this uh, No, this no, no. No one, go- like, pulls okay. their dick out or anything like that. Like, there's no Twisterino. <laughs> it's just... it. I'm, I'm curious. If the promos did their job, you should be interested in seeing this match. Not necessarily, like, yeah. ravenous, but you're like, I gotta see how this ends. I gotta see where this Certainly. goes. Yes, I would say that the promos did their job. I'm interested to see how they concluded this. Then, if then, this is truly the... Yeah. Then for next, uh, next time we do this segment... We will have watched the ending of WrestleMania 5 from 1989, 
and we will see who's the better man and who's just going around hot dog eating prima donna. And we'll find out uh, if Tien is as interested in 80s wrestling as he is in the Attitude Era. Excellent. Well, let's get back to the show. So we are back, and now it is time to bring out the rubber gloves and figure out how we're fixing these two messes. Boy, oh boy. Um, so if we're getting started with the tomb here, okay. it's, it's funny because legitimately a lot of the fixes could work for both of them. Because That's true. They're so because they're the same film. Now, <laughs> very interesting. Uh, it's it'd be a huge shocker, and this is really going to be a hot take, everybody. But in my opinion, this is just for me. Nobody go out and attack me on Twitter or whatever. But in for me, if I'm watching a mummy movie, I say set it in Egypt and have the mummy be a mummy. That is, as, as much as the, there's some snarkiness there, I couldn't agree more. The fact that both films were like, you know what the problem with the mummies are? They're in fucking Egypt! That's not the way to go, in both cases. Yes. Um, so, let's see. Talking about the tomb here, uh, banning. So, I say you just have him be on her shoulder like Bane in Batman and Robin. Well, I was going to say, like, uh, have him be the right hand, like Benny, in the fucking mummy Oh yes. goddamn 1999. <laughs> well, I'm just imagining if if you truly turned him into, like, a, a brainless zombie, essentially, to uh, to serve uh, Nefritis, that you could, you could do all the same gags. You could have him, you know, wearing, like, a cabbie's cap, you know, driving her around, uh, you know, piloting her over to America... If, if you wanted to keep it in America, uh, which I don't recommend, again. Also, uh, by I'd the way, just... uh, I forgot about the line, I will chase you, you can run, but I will chase you until you can't run anymore, and I'll be there. Which meant, when you're taking a little nappy poo, I'll just be right next to you. And I'll be like, guess what, yeah. I'm the mummy. When you're taking a shit, I'm going to f- come in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm going to open the curtain and be like, hey, it's mummy time, and you're going to go, god <laughs> damn it, I'm in the middle of a shit. Hey, remember me? Mummy. <laughs> Mummy. And then suddenly you look down and scarabs are filling up the toilet. And they're go. going up. That would actually be interesting if that was the case now. You've already <laughs> fixed it. More scarabs of the butthole would have made this a much more enjoyable yeah. film. More butt scarabs for sure would fix this. No, um, this is, I again, similar, like, I don't want to go with the big hot take here, but um, making both of these films more like mummy movies I think would have been an improvement. Like I think not, so. Not have it be like a vampire mummy and not have it be like a mummy that isn't effective and is captured in 10 seconds. I feel like if you made them like mummy movies, though, I feel like that might be a little bit more interesting. Here's what you do for the tomb. Okay. So uh, it's, and this is on the poster, you just see one mummy and it's it's Nefrida. She's staying down the bottom and we see her from, from behind and she's looking on and it's 1,000 old white archaeologists all <laughs> all living in LA and it's it's like a it's like one of those uh, realistic battle simulators thing where it's how many old white archaeologists will it take to take down one mummy that's a great question that's a great question okay so I, I've been thinking about it because honestly I didn't have a fix for the tomb other than just burn it all but um, a quick fix, I think, that would have made it at least a lot more interesting would have been instead of having David, my dad's an archaeologist, the Poon Slayer, as your hero, this sounds ridiculous. You should have had Sybil Danning do it. 
Yeah. Well, she's on the fucking poster. You, a, she she's on the goddamn had... poster. But B, like, that at least would have been an interesting dynamic to have it be like, oh, it's like female fighting female kind of thing. As opposed to, like, what we got, which was, I don't want to fuck the uggo. That's, that's not... <laughs> That's not a compelling story. But I think at least Sybil Danning would have been interesting. And you again, yeah. you could have done the sex appeal. She's in like the Laura Croft kind of like, you know, adventurer, open blouse, titties hanging out. Like you could have at least, mm-hmm. you know, you still could have been sleazy, but at least would have been more interesting than what we got. So I, the, I think... And the, and the big fight at the end, instead of like swooping a necklace around her neck, you just, they, they start just actually just going at it, fist fighting, and then their shirts just start getting ripped off, and then suddenly it starts raining down on them both, and they're all getting you, in the mud. You joke? This movie's not above doing that. Whatsoever. That movie would 100% be like, you're right, let's get a fire hose! Like, they don't... That, that so then, so that. so then, the mummy is uh, is posed over Sybil Danning, and she's about to strike her her death blow. And then you hear like, "Hey, asshole!" And you turn, and it's an elderly Elvis Presley, and okay. uh, and he's I ready. Thought you were, I thought you were going to say an archaeologist. Oh, but that, well. it's Elvis Presley as an archaeologist. Yeah, it's it's old nursing home Elvis Presley with a ward on his dick. Um, right. And he is an archaeologist, also. And he definitely fucks. Oh, absolutely! In a heartbeat. Yeah, I think uh, I think if you went for the thousand archaeologists uh, movie, then you can almost do like a World War Z thing, where like she's right. trying to get away, and they're just essentially becoming liquid, trying to like get up a wall <laughs> after her. <laughs> or uh, or that scene from the Matrix where Neo just fights all the Mister Smiths. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty. It's ahead of its time. It's ballsy, but I like it. Yes, they they jump on uh, on top of her and they're saying it's inevitable, mummy. <laughs> You're we're gonna drive a stake through your heart. I, but I'm a mummy. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Calm down, Frankenstein. I mean, mummy. <laughs> <laughs> that what a great line that would have been in the movie. Like right before they throw the medal- the hip hop medallion on her and she explodes for no reason. Just hey, fuck you, Frankenstein. Wait, what? And then just throw it at her. <laughs> um, it really it makes the line uh, "I'm I'm Santa Claus, not a damn vampire" uh, a lot more appropriate. Like she should have said, true. "I'm a mummy, not a goddamn vampire." That's true. Well, uh, boy, it sounds like this mo- movie's kind of fixed. Um, yeah, no kidding. That's a that's a that's an A plus job right there. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, what are we doing to uh, 2017's The Mummy? So, I have a solution for this. Okay. Um, now you could either play it up for laughs because the movie was trying to do that, or not. You could be serious with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Cruise shouldn't be Batman. Tom Cruise should be Wolverine, and I don't mean like cool and with claws. I mean, the movie, when he's cursed initially and he survives this plane crash, at that point, it should be established that as long as he's cursed, he cannot die. Because then we get, like, a death becomes her kind of thing, where, like, horrific things keep happening, and, like, Tom Cruise, like, lands on his neck and breaks his neck, and he definitely should be dead, and he gets up and, like, snaps his neck back around, and he's like, oh my god, that was a nightmare. And then your ending... Instead of just smooching this little mummy until she can't take it no more, instead he he literally sacrifices himself and like I don't know like fucks the mummy with a bomb or something and then they both explode 
And everyone's like, no, Tom Cruise! But he comes out okay because he's still cursed and he can't die. And then that becomes his, like, superpower in the Avengers of spookiness. Is that, like, he's the unkillable man. That's fantastic. And they're, and they're kind of, they, they've already kind of done that bit in a Tom Cruise movie with Edge of Tomorrow. Right, right, exactly. You know, where it's and the that's same kind of thing. Where I thought where... they were going with it. Like, when he fell out of the ambulance and shit, and I'm like, oh, are they going to keep playing up that, like, he can't die? But no, he's just like, oh, I'm okay. I'm just, it's like an action movie, so it's all right. But I think they this... really should have played that up. Like, oh, you're cursed, which means now you can't die. And then every fucking minion that the mummy makes should also be bugging him. So it's not just his buddy. It's like the fucking London paramedics are like, Oi, what's all fucking this about? He's like, can everybody please be quiet? Like, there's a lot of fucking people talking right now. I can't even concentrate. <laughs> like, every scene where he's, like, staring down, like, I think I'm going to have to fuck this mummy. They're all like, oh, what's going on this about? And he's like, I can't. Just, can you speak up? I got, there's a lot of voices yelling at me right now. There's a lot of very angry ghosts. The, yeah. No. The, this, this goes by Casper rules. None of them have, uh, have finished business yet. They're all very pissed off. Where's fucking? Not I. I need some help here. Where are the Ghostbusters? Because it's getting crowded in this cab. Who are you gonna call? Someone else. Who are you gonna call? Um, Russell Crowe. So uh, I think that the fix that that honestly Tom Cruise would want, and and I'd say go along with it, is you do more Tom Cruise in this movie by having every role played by Tom Cruise. There you go. Okay. So especially the Mummy. So oh, true. Uh, so it's Tom Cruise in drag with all the stupid symbols all over him. Right. Uh, and j- the costume's exactly the same. Okay. Um, and he's, like, kissing these guys, you know, like, sucking the life out of them. And then they're they're following him around. And I think even, like, like, like all the uh, non-human characters in this movie be played by Tom Cruise as well. Like, the rats and the crows and stuff. Those all just have a little Tom Cruise face on them, I think. Would be kind of what he wants, right? Maybe even the plane has his face on it. I mean... Well, here's the, here's the twist on that. So, you do that, okay? So, at the end of the movie, Tom Cruise is, is looking to sacrifice himself in order to resurrect girl Tom Cruise. And to do so, he's going to kill this mummy, Tom Cruise. So, at the end... When you see Tom Cruise make out passionately with Tom Cruise the mummy, then you know what? Everybody in the crowd's going to come in 15 seconds. <laughs> yes. Oh, what a tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, is called a slam dunk, is what yes, that's called. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, the other way you fix this movie, I honestly, unironically love your uh, your um, Death Becomes Her, Live, Die, Repeat movie. Uh, I unironically, I, I love that um, and think that would be much more entertaining and, and create some better uh, action sequences. Well, I would say, imagine the scene, even though we're still having the fucking 20-minute Men in Black segment, imagine the scene Mr. Hyde is just beating the balls off of Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise is still trying to have a conversation with him. Like he's like, <laughs> he's like, no, but here, but what about the mu-? And fucking Mr. Hyde is just like grabbing him Hulk style and smashing him back and forth on the floor. And he's like, no, but for real though, what about the mummy? What are we getting? Like, it just doesn't affect him. Cause I thought we were playing that up when he was at the bar after he came out of the morgue and had like 17 shots and wasn't drunk. And I was like, oh, he's like undead now. Like he can't, it, nothing affects him anymore. And the movie was yeah. like, nah, let's drop that off. It's fine. He's okay. 
Yeah, when Mr. Hyde reaches in under his ribs and, like, pulls those out of place, you know, then you'd cut to a wide shot of Tom Cruise, you know, all cockeyed standing and uh, trying to continue the, the conversation. No, absolutely, I think that would be good. I think the only way you improve that movie, then, is that in the scene where they say, Wait a minute, you can't kill the mummy, that's our friend! Uh, when Mr. Hyde is saying that they're going to dissect her, and Jenny says, yeah, I, I want to I wanna interview her. And then Tom Cruise looks at the camera and says, an interview with a mummy. Huh. And then the fucking mummy from the tomb comes in and goes, interview with a vampire! Fucking vampire! <laughs> um, or I what, also about, think... what about when Tom Cruise is walking through the fucking showcase showdown of other universal monsters and he walks back the creature from the Black Lagoon? He fucking points to the vampire skull in a jar and goes, hey, who'd like to have an interview with this, huh? Am I right? If you try to interview this thing, you're going to be in the danger zone, huh? Am I right? <laughs> uh, I think that there should have probably been a volleyball scene between the mummy and Tom Cruise in this. Oh, no, uh, you do. No, no, no. You do um, Russell Crowe and uh, Tom Cruise sing You've Lost That Love and Feeling to the mummy. Yes. Oh, my that's, God. That's how you do that shit. That's how that scene goes together. And again, everyone comes in 15 seconds. Did what it again. The... Brought it back again. <laughs> It's a boomerang. What, what if uh, the mummy slid out in just socks and sunglasses in her underwear? Oh, there you go. There you go. Do All you right. think that would... Yeah, I think... And uh, also, another thing about this movie that it needs is just more pupils. I think that when you become the mummy, suddenly you have like 16 pupils in each eye. There you go. Yeah, That's good. I think that would also, be good. Also, missed opportunity when they scale down into the big dumb fuckhole to go find the tomb. The fact that like his buddy didn't go... Bump, bump, and then Tom Cruise just looks in the camera like, ugh. <laughs> wow. What, uh, so here's the joke for anyone at home. What are other Tom Cruise movies? Because I'm out. I ran out. I ran out. Can, you, can you play along at home, folks? Um, <laughs> this is an interactive podcast. This is an interactive podcast. If you want to call in right now and be like, uh, hang on. Actually, we're getting a call right now. Hang on. Uh, as a, okay. Uh, okay. okay. I, my idea is. Uh, yeah, the Tom Cruise calls the money and he says, show me the money. Oh, he says, oh no, he's, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, think, oh, I, think no. the caller meant, I think the caller meant, show me the mummy, is what I think he meant. All right, I'm disconnecting on that caller. I can't believe they fucked that joke up. That's, shame on them. They leave it to the professionals, folks. Thank you, thank you. Oh, Boy, well we, well, we really fixed the fuck out of these movies. <laughs> That's the tagline of the show. Watch Zach and TN really fix the fuck out of these movies. <laughs> wonderful all right well uh do we have any final thoughts about either of these films or or, or no, anything i fucking hate them both <laughs> fucking hate that we had to watch them great Woo! so uh so next episode look for we'll be uh reviewing two vampire movies neither of which is set in eastern europe and right. both of which in which the vampires do not bite people or drink blood they in fact are wrapped in bandages and uh they move very slowly so uh get ready for those movies they're going to be really good excellent uh, what are you plugging today, Zach? Uh, let's see. Uh, well, we just wrapped up, uh, Fully Gimmick just wrapped up their 10th Punk Pro Wrestling show, since we did talk about wrestling earlier. That has just been available on uh, Pivot Share. So if you go to punkprowrestling.pivotshare.com, you can watch the whole show uh, there. And also, uh, there was a fan vote on Twitter. And so for free, this Friday, when you're listening to this, this Friday... It will be up on YouTube. Dick Danger versus David Mercury in its entirety from Psycho for Your Love, the last punk pro show 
uh, Dick Danger made his debut, and so we're putting it on YouTube for free. So uh, that's the biggest thing to push right now. Um, also, check out FullyGimmick.com. There's plenty of new merch laying on there. And, by God, I hope I finish editing the next episode of uh, Pinhead's Enamel House. Um, I'm looking to finish that up here shortly. That'll be posted. A lot of TN and I uh, making each other laugh and just being sellouts. That's that's what that show's all about. Precisely. That's exactly what that show is about. Uh, yeah, so as, as always, um, you just want to follow us on all the bullshits. Um, Frightful <laughs> Failures is Man, uh, you know, you Instagram. hit two ejaculation jokes in an episode, and it's just like, why even bother now? The, 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 it, it, <laughs> it, the checks are going to start rolling in. So yes, follow us precisely. On, on various social medias, Frightful Failures. Um, definitely subscribe to us on SoundCloud if you haven't already. Yeah, um, please. Uh, it, 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 we haven't uh, asked for this, but uh, if you are listening to the show, if you're hearing the sound of my voice right now and you are enjoying this, if you, and if you've made it this far, then chances are you. I would hope that you're enjoying it. Then please, please leave us a review uh, on iTunes, five stars, and give us a little your thoughts. It's that's an enormous help to a, a, a small podcast trying to get started up and trying to, to get the word out. Well, we're, we're really proud of what we're doing here, and uh, we, we, we like uh, making people laugh, we like making each other laugh, and we hope that you guys kind of enjoy what we're listening to, to to drop the veil of irony for just two right. seconds there. So uh, so with all that and that touching moment here, uh, feel free to leave a review, five stars, their show made me come in 15 seconds. With all that being said, he is... There t- it is. He's t- yeah, the th- rule of threes, he is Tianyan Kinyol, I am Zach Romero. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Fightful Failures. And as always, continue circulating the tapes. Thank you. In our world, hidden underneath our very noses, are horrors the likes of which we could never imagine. Bloodthirsty beasts, ancient demonic entities, and inhuman abominations plague the world of the living. Luckily, keeping us safe from it all is Team Viper Ghost Patrol. Starring Red Viper, retired luchador, and the team's de facto leader. Lowe's in Cincinnati! <laughs> I'm in flex. Dr. Xavier Gobblepot, a man of science and action and science. Science is not racist, it is the future. Jeffy, half woman, half beast, and 100% badass. I get the crappy dots because I'm the failed monster. And Lowe's, a man of limited supernatural abilities and unlimited perversion. Oh. Yeah, thanks, man. That's wonderful. And then I just had to walk away. Join these four monster hunters as they travel the world in search of the strange and unnatural. If you've got a problem that defies explanation, then you better call Team Viper Ghost Patrol. Previously on Team Viper Ghost Patrol. And he's just kind of rambling. So then I show up. Perfect. You know her? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I would love to 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 study you. You are uh, some kind oh, of. Uh, I've been studied enough. I'm getting a notification on my Apple Watch that someone logged into my Mac. Hey, would you like to you know show me this side of the house? Gentlemen, I take my security very seriously. I mean, if, if I'll let you study me. All right. So he's taking you in. The door is closing to the private operating room. He. Closes the curtains to that room there. Well, he's distracted, so there's that. You 
notice in one of the far corners of this castle, like a flickering of a light. It is the light, it is a terminal, and then there's a high window around there that you can't quite reach. You look out the window, it's kind of beautiful. You take in this view, you look down, and you see a large clump of wires um, going straight into the building where you're at, and then leading down to the house right in front of the cow pasture. You finally get a second to read over it, and it says that there were two workers, Mr. and Mrs. Vladescu, they're a married couple um, who used to work for him. And a couple months back, there was um, a tragedy in which they both burned alive and died. Science, you cruel mistress. Now, Romanian Wrestlefest, part six. Check. Yes. Okay, so um, uh, we'll jump cut over again to our uh, this home. Uh, you knock on the door, and uh, the woman that greets you yeah, is uh, a Mrs. Oh yeah, a horse comes out. He's upset. Um, uh, Elena Vladescu. Oh, that's, the, uh, that's the name of the. That's the name of this whole series. Yes, a horse comes out. Oh, horse comes upset. out. He's upset. <laughs> Elena Vladescu greets you. Um, uh, she. Of the Vladescu tragedy. That's what it seems. Elena Vladescu greets you. She oh. says. Hello, um, a uh, weird collection of uh, strangers. Who are you all? Wow, your burns healed magnificently. What? Are you, are you referencing the, the death of my brother? Oh. She slams the door in your face. <laughs> yeah, let me try, let me try, let me try. I'll knock the door. I'll back up. Hi. What? What do you want? I'm the key master. Are you the gatekeeper? Is Ghostbusters not a thing in this village yet? Fuck! There is no Elena, only Zul. Oh, I love that movie! <laughs> oh my god, that's wonderful. I love it, okay. Um, okay, well if you know the Ghostbuster, you can uh, you come in, come in, come in. Okay, um, so you enter. And as you enter, you see a normal looking home. Uh, in the corner is a young boy, perhaps 12, and he's scribbling in charcoal on a piece of paper. I, like, sock puppet stays focused on Elena, but I'm just gonna... Look I stay focused on the puppet. God damn it. <laughs> Forgive me. Okay. The man with his voices. Um, so, uh, what's you next? Know, you know what's next. DDT. You're gonna Batista bomb this woman? I gotta roll to see if Elena's a fan. Yeah. I gotta roll. <laughs> I know it. Her or the kid? Oh, it, shit! It, okay, I'm rolling for the kid. I'm rolling for the kid. Okay, great. Okay. Mm. Oh, shit. Not so hold on, Can hold on, hold on, hold on. This role? Plus charm. Can we help him? You can help out. Keep in mind, this is always just a test to see if they're a fan. Correct. True. All right, well, mm -hmm. I'm gonna roll to help out. Or should someone else... What, what are we going for here? Not me. I'm not What's cool. Your, no, you're not going. My cool. I'm a plus one. Yeah, you I seem horrible. All right. Cool. So they're like, oh, this is a red viper. Who you fucking heard a red viper, kid? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Best hype man in the business right here. Right. Okay. So you popped it up. So you uh, do your, your catchphrase. 
And the kid's like, oh, yeah. And then flex. <laughs> and he goes, oh, no, I've never seen you in my life. <laughs> In reality, he doesn't say anything at all. It's it's all in the look. You're drunk, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 all in the look. He's uh, he he Is looks. A there's a the minute of, and then, and returns to his drawings, his scribblings. He's essentially doing like the Sorry. the little kid from the ring drawings, just okay, like good. hard circles and like X's and stuff and charcoal. Can I ask him what he's drawing? Uh, sure. The he, werewolf woman he, is a nurturer. Children <laughs> follow her. They respond well to me. That's true. He <laughs> looks up at you with just a stare of nothing. Just like there's nothing behind his eyes. And he looks back and keeps scribbling. It's just scribbles. It's pretty much just scribbles. There's some uh, weird sort of abstract shapes and stuff on some of the other, because there's a bunch of sheets of paper with all sorts of drawings Drop on it. Um, <laughs> Well, this kid wants a backbreaker because it's happening. Uh, yeah, no, I want to uh, get in his head here. Sure, yeah, so you're going to use telepathy? Oh, there you yeah, go, yeah. Get on okay, so, uh, so you're going to, so that'll be a, a manipulate then if we're using telepathy for you. Alright. <laughs> if this fails, you're using the brain drill. I was just saying, I got that brain drill on my pocket brain drill ready to go. How's that possible? I thought you were rolling with... I oh. rolled a two, but I got a minus one. Oh, I thought you rolled on weird for that. Okay, sorry. Um, oh. Yikes. Wait, wait. All right. Uh, what's Hold manipulate? On. Charm? Yeah. Okay, so it is charm? Yeah, minus okay. one. Okay, right. yep. Sorry, I was confused. Um, yikes. Okay. That's a for experience. So, uh... Yeah. So you walk what up and <laughs> so you so you walk up and you attempt to communicate with him and and instead you decide you're creepy and and he and he just goes like we gotta just kill and he just completely spins to make sure his body's like totally closed off to you guys and he's just like straight in the corner of the room and just like keeps scribbling. Um, great. So. You guys want to keep going with this kid, or? Well, we investigate a mystery, check out, see what there's to see in the room. Sure, yeah. sure. Who's rolling for that? Anyone good with well, sure? I'm neutral. You're keep neutral. in mind, uh, uh, just for for I'm, story I'm sure purposes here, you guys walked into the room. This woman <laughs> greeted you. This woman greeted you. <laughs> You made a ghost, but an '80s reference for her, right. and then you just walked past her and just ignored her and went straight for this kid and started like doing hey, weird shit with him. So this woman standing there, like, oh, no. That's <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I would obviously turn back to talk to uh, to Alina. Okay, because I'm very charming. Okay, we're gonna keep talking. Um, yeah. So you guys can investigate while I. Well, I'll investigate because I have a uh, plus two to shut. Uh, okay. Great. So Let's there's roll. A, assumingly an upstairs in this house. Oh God, no! This is a one level. <laughs> this are. is a one level home. On the uh, investigate. Ten on investigate a mystery. So that's a pretty good roll, which means uh, what you see in this home when you look around is uh, obviously you see. Ooh, the, I get a hold too. Oh, very nice. Um, uh, Oh well, 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 it's well, a a hold. Just means um, you get access questions. to one of those those oh, questions there, which okay. I'm just going to give you information. Gotcha. It's a, a forward would be what you're keeping. I'm sorry, that's yeah, it's okay. Um, so uh, what you see as you look around with your advanced uh, 
sciencey, actiony perception of the world is you obviously see the room around you. Um, uh, there are pretty sparse decorations, but the ones that are there are gaudy. Um, <laughs> there's some really uh, gross, like over-designed textures hanging on the walls as like paintings um on the rug is a giant disgusting like persian rug like on the floor so giant gross rug all over the floor there um and you can kind of spy into the bedroom as well and see there's more just real disgusting gaudy decorations um and uh, the rug seems uh, not as dirty as you would expect it to be, to always be, uh, on the ground there. That is what you have found in your investigation. Interesting. What are you saying with, uh, Lena right now? How's your conversation going like? Other than just, like, Ghostbusters references? Yeah, other than um, just 80s references back and forth. Ask her what she thought of the, 80s uh, and 90s. The remake slash sequel. They haven't gotten that. They haven't gotten that. What would, Blow I, what would you, mind what would you say if I told you they remake the movie with an all-women cast? Women? I hate them! From your ears to God, from your mouth to God's ears. Um, <laughs> no, um, let me think. So, should I attempt to manipulate her to try to get information, or can I just straight out ask her? You tell me. No, you tell me, because I want to know. Uh, she is... Okay, uh, ask what you're going to ask, and I'll tell you whether it's going to require manipulation. Um, so, you know, we just... So we just recently found out about the horrible tragedy that happened a couple months ago. So sorry for the oh loss. Oh my god, it was such a tragedy, my dear brother. His darling wife, and they leave me with their son that I have to take care of. I cannot believe this. <laughs> Kids are just a real burden. Uh, and uh, He hasn't been the same since. So, uh... Before the accident, what was their kid like? Why, why do you... We all deal with trauma in different ways. Uh, I was abandoned as a child and raised by snakes, and so oh. we all deal with tragedy in our own ways, so I'm, I'm curious. so sorry. Yeah, well, you know, we all have to make... We all got to make do with what we can handle. Oh. So, uh, Mr. Viper. Talk to Lowe's about that anyway. <laughs> No, what was uh, what was young um, creeping off like before he uh, before the the horrible accident? I'd say he was like any other child. I mean, he liked to play. He liked to make his little, you know, uh, inventions. It's great. I mean, he was always building something. Uh, he was he was a good kid. And now he he doesn't talk much anymore. He's you said uh, what? And what's his name? Uh, his name is uh, Vasil. So Vasil over here, um, you said he built, used to build stuff. Yeah, he's always been a creative child. He started with the tinker toys and then, then he go to the blocks and uh, and then he go to like advanced mechanical things, you know. But uh, other than just standard kid stuff. You well, know? it just so happens I got myself uh, a, a, a giant stuff animal here and, uh, and I've got two. Ooh. Two uh, mechanical engineers here. Oh. Kind of looking into maybe doing a sort of um, full ride education sort of here in Romania. We're looking to do like kind of a. Uh, You're offering this boy a scholarship? Something like that, sure. So uh, we're just going to do a little bit of an interview process with Vasil and, uh, and just kind of see, you know. Um, if he can qualify, and if so, I'd love to get him into a good uh, into a good school. 
Oh, wonderful. Yes, please talk to him. He's he's such a nice boy. Uh, maybe you can get him to speak. Sure, something like that. So, um... So I guess, what, do we set up, like, a little table here? Or, like, are we... Um, he's he's got, like, one? one of those mini, like, kids' desks, you know, set up in the corner that he's, like, completely turned your back on, and that's where he's got all his charcoal rubbings and uh, weird drawings spread out all over the place, like he's Stranger Things or something. Good. Um, Excellent. So I would definitely ask... Uh, Scientists. Xavier, can he have just something... That's not like like a gadget that's not necessarily functioning. Uh, can, are you saying can he start to build something? Just have something like on hand that's just sort of like, oh, look at this neat thing, like to kind of get the kids' attention a little oh, bit. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Oh, better yet, uh, you bring out that drill. drill. <laughs> Show this kid. It'll, <laughs> it'll blow his mind, as they say. Oh, uh, uh, yes, yeah, science does blow minds. The seal, was it? I mean, talk to the boy. Uh, I've heard you're into science yourself. Quite a, quite a smart young boy. Would you happen to be interested in mechanics at all? Because my friends and I, we built this very interesting device to drill for water, help with the irrigation here in the, in the village. I know you have some free energy. Uh, we spoke to the, the doctor up there in his interesting home. So you, you have his attention, but he's still just no-selling you. Like, he's not saying a single word. But you have his attention, at least. So what are you two doing? Like I said, I, I'm going to be kind oh, of run. wandering back and forth. Uh, ooh, that's such a nice clock. Oh, my gosh, your cabinets are made of pure wood? Who made these? And then, like, just kind of dashing from each point of the house until I can, like, slowly start moving. So you're trying to kick up the rug a little bit with each yeah, pass by it? Exactly. All right. So since that's a little bit of, I'd say, somewhat of an advanced, like, physical move you're doing there, I want to have you act under pressure for that to see how, how well you're doing that. Not well. Two. Two? And then to a one, because I'm not cool. Wow, okay, so you then very obviously trip and throw the whole rug up and reveal like a cellar door there. Perfect! And <laughs> and uh, uh, as soon as you do that, um, uh, Vasil obviously hears it happen. He turns it, sees it, and just screams in Romanian, Daddy! And... You hear that, and there's a moment of just silence, and then you hear this stomping from down below you. And before any of you can react, the cellar door is thrown open by this massive punch, and this seven-foot, hulking, giant, leather-armor-clad, patchwork, male monster erupts from below the floor. Because of the force of this initial impact, you all need to roll to act under pressure to not completely lose your footing and fall. That's better. 12. Uh, oh, this what, are you is just good. picking one? I know, I know. I was trying to figure out what it was, and it was a D20, which is why I was like, Oh, fuck? no. Oh, yeah. Uh... So you two fail, you two pass. You two fall down and hit the floor. 
um, and you guys maintain your footing and uh, are ready to, to do <laughs> Yes, exactly. You're action pose together, and you're ready to uh, fight against this uh, monster. Whoa, 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 whoa. It would have been a 20. Mr. Presumptuous. Oh, looking, sure. I'm not looking to fight the luchador. Oh, sure. fight anybody. Okay, yeah, that's fine. That makes sense. Uh, Red Viper grabs Elena by the shoulders and kind of like pulls her back from the monster. Uh-huh. Unless, did she eat shit or something like that when the monster like showed up? Like, um, uh, no, she she kind of uh, ducked into the bedroom. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I wanted to talk to her for a second because we don't know what hurts this thing. So I was hoping to try to maybe like glean some information from her. You can uh, you can run real quick into okay, uh, so the bedroom and do. talk to I'm her. I'm gonna ditch these three. Oh my god! Go <laughs> and go chase after. All right, that's quick. totally okay. fine. So, so I was gonna say, little Vasile doesn't seem to be interested in us, but I can communicate with someone or something that cannot communicate by normal means. So you're gonna try and communicate with Vasile then? I think I'm gonna try to communicate with Vasile. Okay. I already wasted my twelve roll, so I think my loss right now. <laughs> okay. Shit. I don't know if that act that Okay, so I don't know if that goes with cool or anything or Okay, so Oh it, well does it does it say so? What's it, it called? It doesn't. Uh yeah, well no, you use uh your magic with sharp instead of weird and I choose an additional effect. So I guess So I you use with, sharp? Yeah, so that'll give you plus two, that gives me a ten. Oh it does give you a ten. Okay, excellent. So in that case you read his mind and he's saying Kill them all, Daddy. Kill them all, Daddy. And uh, as long as they don't use fire against you, <laughs> everything will I be love fine. You. Okay. <laughs> Dumb, <don't kill> <laughs> Please, the God, tell me that your next yeah, move is to go. Hey, fuck this kid. Let's burn this son of a bitch. Because <laughs> otherwise, the rest of us aren't gonna know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So who's who's moving next then? Or do you, do you want a chance to talk to Elena real quick? Yeah, or? You talk to Elena. You fell. You fell. So how long okay. are we done? For a turn. All right. So I need to do something. You need a turn to recover. So yeah. Up that time frame, by the way. What's up? I, I leveled up. Oh, cool. Sweet. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. So um. So you've got a you've got a second over there to talk to Elena. What are you saying to her? Um. I don't know, like, just trying to, like, grabbing her by the shoulders, like, hey, hey, what in the hell is that thing in your living room? Okay, and so, and she she goes, I, this, I sorry, I barely knew anything about it. I, I barely knew anything, but this, lightning is the cure, okay? Lightning, just zap it and it's be done, okay? Just leave me alone, please. I'm lying, bitch. Throw on the ground. <laughs> turn, around, turn heel and, uh, and run back out into the living room, but obviously I'm, it's going to take me a minute before I can just jump in and start... Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. So, um, uh, I'd say, um, uh, okay, so you both have acted at this point, mm-hmm. so Monster's going to go ahead and uh, raise its fists up into the air and uh, smash them down onto the ground and sort of send out just a, a force wave that sort of hits all of you Perfect. at the same time. No, it, it hit me too, even though I was in the other room. Let's say yes, because you came back into the room. That's the important one. I'm I'm killing that kid. (laughs) The seal knows the right point to jump. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you all take one harm. One harm. All right. Well, the seal, I have a cerebral boy with your name on it. And he's screaming the whole time. He's like, 
smash them to pieces, Daddy! Smash them! Rip their heads off! Can I put the kid in a sleeper home? If you want to. Yeah. This is our story. Go for it. Um... Well, I was gonna say since we all kind of well, damage, I think to be fair, so, so I was gonna say that might enrage the monster even more. Yeah. So that might not be the best option. But let's let's say that um, because we've we've given a chance for uh, for uh, Jeffy and Lowe's to recover, that uh, they're gonna get a chance to, to do something here. Hooray. Fight the kids. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's what it's The anti-children oh podcast. Oh my god. This is what this became. Apparently. <laughs> Did dad drill into its face. <laughs> his dad came back, boot him in the face. He summons monsters. Well, that was your mistake. <laughs> Alright, so we heard fire and then we heard lightning. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I know that fire, because it was telepathically... I've been told Did lightning. you communicate it to us? Yeah. Gentlemen, did you, uh, are you I communicating? Yet. I just came running in. Yeah, you just okay. got back. They're getting so because you're just getting up, let's say you don't know either of those right now on your first attack. All right, then I'm going to go... I'm going to shoot him. Okay. What, what do you got? Yeah, fuck physical shit. Like, what, what's up? What do you got, weapons-wise? Uh, 38 revolver. Okay. Two what's... arm, close, reload that. Do it? Did I roll that? Or we... Yeah, oh yeah. That's a kick, that's yeah. kick some ass. Yeah. Okay. You shoot it, and you watch the bullet deflect off of the leather armor and like hit up into the ceiling. This thing's, it's a ton of leather armor that's on this giant thing. So, ooh. Also have a laser cannon. Which could start a fire. So, so I want to give you guys an opportunity right now. Lowe's, is there something you'd like to do before uh, anyone else attacks right yeah, now? Yeah, sure is. It's up to you now. Um, yeah, I'm going to enchant a weapon. Bam! That's what I want to do. Yeah. Let's see if it works. Get Damn. the fuck out of Dodge. That's a crit. Yeah, it is. So what, uh, let's see. Um, Okay, I don't know about the fire yet, though. Yeah, you don't. Uh, so, so here's the thing. without issue, I choose my effects. So here's the thing. You guys already said you didn't quite tell anyone yet about the fire or the Well, because I just heard it from the kid. Yes. They're yes. still getting up. He just so, got back into the room. I'm going to enchant this weapon. <laughs> so, Clearly, I want to say fire. <laughs> fire! Fire! All right. Um, trying to think of a fair way to do this. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, w would there have been? Uh, so let's say you didn't know fire. Let's pretend that for a second. What would you have enchanted this weapon with? Fuego. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, fire is always a good go-to for everything. Yeah, pretty much. Personally, but that's yeah. why I feel like it's kind of fair because yeah. it's it's a classic. Yeah. That, that's the enchantment. It's a classic Frankenstein right. monster yeah. trope. Well, because I mean, it, anything humanoid based, you're like, well, fire. Now, if it had been some kind of crazy elemental monster, now it's like, uh-oh, yeah, this yeah. could go bad. If it was like a creature made of fire, you know. Yeah. Water. Okay. It's a water sword just melts to nothing. Turns into vapor. Okay. Right? Fire's too hot. Ah, oh, man. But it gets plus one harm and plus fire. Okay. Great. 
So, which weapon of his are you enchanting? Uh, I am enchanting my uh, big knife. Your your knife? My big knife. Okay. It's a knife. Yeah. It is, it is a knife. All right. It's enchanted then, so that was your turn. All right, so you got a fire knife. Let's see. Actually, you know what? I'm enchanting my shotgun. Okay. Fire shotgun, Yeah, plus eh? one harm and, and plus fire. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That works. Yep. Cool. Shotgun. Let's see. Action scientist. Action scientist. So it's four harm, close, <clears throat> messy, fire. Cool. Well, the time has come. I feel I'm going to use my atomic pistol. So there's three harm, close range, radiation. Okay. So let's see what we got. Give me a second here. Uh, but I can use one luck to change it to a 12. Burn that luck. Whoa. Wow. That's, that's one. Nice. So I'm going to change that to a 12, and I do... So it's three harm, and then actually, where is the sheet for attacking on guess. Oh, my bad. No, it's all good. There you go. Uh, so that is with... Pick some ass. 12. Instead, pick an enhanced effect. Uh, mm. Ooh. Oh, man. Yeah. Do I want to do double harm? That'll give me 12, or... Completely hold the advantage. All hunters involved in the fight get plus one forward. I think double harm. Yeah, I think double harm. That would put it at six. Jesus, I didn't even see that. Yeah. No, it's. You can mark off a luck box to either change a roll you just made to a 12, as if you would have rolled that, or to. And then the 12 is double normal. Wow. Okay, so that's a six. Jeez. All right. So, um, you shoot that atomic pistol straight in that fucker's face. Um, <laughs> it stumbles backwards. Uh, you do three harm to it. Wow. And, uh, sorry. Now, yeah, holy quick question for, yeah. for um, logistics. Monster armor, uh, degenerative or no? Meaning... Did the armor take three of that, or is it just always going to mute? The so, uh, not with this particular hit, because it was uh, a normal pistol with radiation. Um, so, you did irradiate the monster. It's currently it irradiated. Be bad, <laughs> um, but uh, the armor still looks roughly the same in terms of uh, okay. its toughness there. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Take the shotgun out of my hands if you want. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Red Viper, are we looking at you now? All right, we can. Um, hmm. I just shot him point blank in the face right. for three damage, so I feel like we're really going to want to hit hard to take this guy down, unless we got the fire. Well, here's the thing. I can't... I don't know if Helena was lying or not. So, my, on the one hand, I'm like, well, what can I grab... Like, what, like, lamp can they use as electricity to try to hit this thing with? But, like, what if she's a fibber? And it's like, oh, no, that just juices him up, and now we're fucked. Yeah. Is it fire, or is it lightning? And will the team be able to defeat this giant atrocity? 
And what wrestling move will Red Viper perform on that young boy? All that and more on the conclusion to Romanian WrestleFest next week with Team Viper Ghost Patrol. Is, is, is there a video of Randy Savage as a magician just being, like, humongous? Like, come up he here, to, little boy. It had to be a Come hobby. here. I'm gonna crush you. Fucking pull the rabbit out of the fucking hat. <laughs> like, yeah, it had to be. Like, Oh, my God. That sounds horrifying. I can't imagine this wanting. Rabbit sh- this rabbit shit in my bandana. I swear to God.